now, introducing his jeans are pleat. Once was heavy, he'll vomit if you call him Glenny. It's not funny. He's nervous, but on the surface, he still swears he's Yeti. He'll take calls and he'll get real heady. He is Glenn Clark. I'm not sure if any of it made sense, but I liked it. I liked it. I was in. I was I was there for the ride. I'll give you that <laughs> much. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glennie. He is Paul Valley. This is a Thursday edition of the program. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk some uh, Terps and college hoops. Steve Lapis from CBS Sports, former Villanova coach. We'll check in with him, get his thoughts on the quality of the Maryland job. Also later on this morning, Chigakonkwo, former Maryland tight end, uh, just out at the East-West Shrine Bowl last week, and officially as of yesterday, although he had made it public beforehand, um, officially he is headed to the uh, NFL Combine in Indianapolis, as is former Terp uh, Nick Cross. So uh, we're going to catch up with uh, Chigakonkwo, one of our favorites. We've always enjoyed our conversations with him. And uh, also this morning, we will make our final picks of the season. I say a lot's at stake. It's not really. It's a very small amount of money that's at stake for these picks. Very, very small amount of money that we're playing for here. It's myself and Kyle Ottenheimer. We are tied coming into this week. So we'll make a – the way it'll work is I'll – and by the way, remember yesterday when I said I think I'd finally settled on a pick? Yeah, that was completely incorrect. I have spent the last 24 hours going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth about who it is that I'm going to pick in this game. And honest to God, there is completely a chance. We're making picks around 11. I might change my mind a couple times before then. I have no idea what I'm doing here. What None. What happens if you and Kyle pick the same team? Is there a tiebreaker? Yeah. Did he send points? Yeah, that was that's the way it's supposed to work. If we if we finish tied, we go to points next. Now, in the past, what we've done, if a person was trailing, we allowed the other person to set the number because we're both tied. We're both just going to pick numbers. He you got did, a number? He did send All right, you got a to- It's a total point number, so we'll both just pick a total no- point number. If we both somehow pick the same total point number, the, the same winner and the same total point number. I, I have no idea what we do then. I guess we dance, I think, is the way it goes. I think we have a dance-off contest, and that's the way that we determine a winner. I have no clue as to what our backup plan to our backup plan would be. So we'll we'll figure that out if we need to. Hopefully we don't pick the same point. I mean, it seems very unlikely that we pick this. I don't even know if we're going to pick the same winner because I legitimately don't know who I'm going to pick as the winner going into this. No clue who I'm picking as my winner in this game, but... We will cross that bridge when we get there. I will tell you that Stetka, when he emailed me back his pick, uh-huh. made fun of the way I said Bengals. Well, I mean, in fairness. <laughs> that time <laughs> you said it right, by the ben- way. Bengals. Bengals, yes. Bengals. You've got to be Bengals. 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 Not Bengals. Not Bengals. Bengals. How do you say Jaguars? I was going to ask you that the other day. How do you day. say it? I can't wrap my brain around jag Jaguars. And you don't have to say Jaguars. That's the uh, right. car company. It's so, Jaguars. So I it's always, not Jaguars. I, I always called them Jaguars. Now I yeah. just call them the Jags to avoid it completely. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I hate it. It's a weird name. Um, anyway, KZ is going to join us around 11. And yes, we will make our uh, final picks of the season. Uh, with a little bit of cash at stake. Obviously, the, the real competition is for the loser. And so... That's done. That's irrelevant because we know that Andrew Stecka is the loser and is going to have to fly across the country to come in studio one day. Ah, oh, can't wait for that as he's going to have to get his back shaved while he eats a tarantula and sings Hero from Spider-Man. Steck, 
Oh man, I don't know what's going on there. That's not great. Steck is out at the uh, the golf tournament today in uh, nice. in Phoenix. It's it's I he apparently was unaware. I've actually this is the golf tournament I've been to a few times. It is the Preakness. It is just drunks everywhere. This is the 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 Phoenix Open is famous for this. Um, it is it is not it is as much a golf tournament as it is a wild party. I mean, it's just an insane party where they happen to pop up a golf tournament and say, "Go ahead and hit some balls." Um, I, I, I the people out there plan their year around this stupid golf tournament that like Tiger Woods hasn't played in in twenty five years, I don't think, and it's still out there. Mattered. It didn't matter who was playing in it because again, the golf was irrelevant. It was the point was the party. And I was watching his tweets this morning, and he clearly did not know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> he just wanted to go to a golf tournament because he likes golf, I guess. Weirdos that like golf. Um, such a such a great sport. It man. is not. <laughs> your worst day on the golf course is still better than your best day at the office. You understand that, like that. There's anything. There's a never-ending list of things that are better than being at work. Do you understand how silly that? When I've ever heard somebody say that over the years, like ah, I'm telling you, it still beats being at the office. Yeah, you know what else does? Uh, uh, going to the pool. You know what else does? Going, doing anything that isn't work. How about going to a Jaguars game? Yeah, you can go to a Jaguars game, sure, if you'd like. Everything. It's such a dumb thing that people say because we've just accepted it over the years. Like you're dumb. It's what it's what no, it's what <laughs> golf people say as if they're saying something super smart about their I feel like we're a little overmodulated today. I think we need to 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 bring a few I don't know. It it just doesn't it doesn't look great. Um but like people golf people always say that. No one else says that. No one else says I'm skipping out on work today so I can go ballroom dancing because a good day a bad sure day of ballroom dancing beats uh, the best day at the office like i i what, i have been known to break if a club or two while while golfing well so. if you're into golf you're gonna enjoy being at the golf course i get that i'm not and again as i've said a million times i don't kink shame whatever you're into that's what you're into be into golf it's god bless today would be, be a good day into to golf. be on the golf course. go yeah it's it's actually nice it's supposed to be really warm this weekend um Go play some golf if that's what you're into, man. Go do it. I'm, I'm, I love. God bless. I am for whatever makes people happy. It's just not. It will never, ever, ever, ever be for me. I just got some new irons. I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I, I can't, I cannot imagine that. I just, <laughs> you and I, like, I couldn't fathom being excited about being given some golf clubs. I could never. Oh, fathom I, pur- that. I purchased them. Whatever it is, get purchasing some golf. This is. I don't know if I can. This is a straight shoot. So, um. Oh man, I don't know if he. Eh, whatever. I, if if he gets mad at me, he'll get mad at me. It's fine. So um, a lot of you know that I've been good friends with Kevin Van Valkenburg over the years, uh, who's now at ESPN the magazine. Used to be at. There, I guess it's not ESPN the magazine anymore. It's just ESPN. Um, used to be at the Baltimore Sun. And Kevin, uh, years ago, and he used to sort of come in studio a lot, and when we were doing weekly segments that would go on for like an hour and a half. Um, Kevin called me one day and he said, "Hey, you're going to be part of a scheme." And I was like, "What?" He said, yeah, you're going to be part of a scheme. I said, okay. He said, uh, I'm shipping stuff to your studio. I said, all right. He said, it's going to be under your name. So it'll be sent to you. I just need you to hold it for me. I was like, is this like a money laundering bit? Like, what are we doing exactly? I came to find out it was golf clubs, and he didn't want his then wife to know that he was purchasing golf clubs and so he was having them sent in my name to the studio, and then I was giving him golf clubs. 
Like it was like a gift. It is a pretty expensive purchase. Like I don't know why I I mean we were friends, but I don't think that I was like the type of friend that would just be buying someone golf clubs. But that was the way it was working was he was shipping golf clubs, the old radio station that doesn't exist anymore, and then I was giving them to him as a gift. And if I was ever to be asked by then Miss Mrs. Van Valkenburg, I was to say, Yes, I Got my friend Kevin a nice gift. That was the <laughs> spent twelve hundred bucks on so, my friend Kevin for no reason. So funny. It was so funny, man. I love KBB. All right. Uh anyway, yeah. So that's coming up on the program today. And 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 God bless all you that love golf. I'm not it's just never gonna be for me. I've tried a billion times. It will never there will never be a day that it will be for me. Um, but I get it. There's plenty of things that I'm into that you're not. I, I was trying to think of there was something I was watching last night. Uh, no, I watched I gotta be honest with you, man. Some of these Olympic sports, I'm not really sure what they like. They were doing a snowboarding bit last night, but I it was it was like half jumps and then half just sort of. I I, I was like, what is this? I feel like we're going well out of our well out of our way to try to create new sports every year when it's just like, how is this any different than just snowboarding? I'm I'm I I again. This is me. This is. I don't ski, I don't snowboard, I don't do any of those things. We don't live in a winter sports area. So, you know, maybe they are such vastly different disciplines. There was one the other day, I swear to God, that I was watching where it was like a combination of style and speed. It was like determining the winner somehow had something to do with both your your final time as well as how much people like the jumps you were doing. And I said, what? What is this? How is this a sport? I don't get it. It's the same thing I've said all the time. Anything that involves judging, I'm out. I'm just out. Judging sports aren't sports. You, you, you can't tell me. I, I watch all these guys do the big air jumps, and I'm like, they're all amazing. You trying to sell me that one is more amazing than the other one's nonsense. Nonsense. I know the American guy won the figure skating last night. Nathan Chen, I believe, is his name. God bless, right? And like, Papa bless. Wonderful. Go USA. I, I, immediately, all I see on Twitter is a bunch of people saying, you can't convince me that his skate was better than this other guy's skate. They were both amazing. It's why judging sports will just never be my jam, man. I can't do it. I, you cannot sell me on how this one is definitely better than the other one. And somebody says, oh, it's because you're not an expert. You don't see all the, you know, the... The, the distance that he, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Stop it. You don't like the slam dunk Stop contest it. either, do you? Well, the slam dunk contest has been stupid for a very long time. It was the type of thing that was cool to see when you were a kid, and then you like realized after that it's it's nothing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's just an exercise they do for the sake of doing it. Especially now, when you get six attempts at the same dunk, and then they give you a 10 for it. Oh, if you, I, I don't, it, it, sure. I, I got to be honest, I can't tell you the last time I watched the slam dunk contest. I really can't. And I'm not, I, I, I don't know what it, if uh, somebody said to me if if we had a team cuz like I I'm a people forget I'm a massive Suns fan, right? And if there was a Suns player in the dunk contest, I wouldn't watch it. It would be uninteresting to me. For for the most part I'm I tune into the home run derby only for t- in two reasons. One, because I realize there's just absolutely nothing else going on, right? And like there's just not it's a it's a time of the year where there's very rarely even new shows that come out that are worth watching. 
I just saw, what are we getting back? Oh, Mrs. Maisel is coming back in the next week, and I like that. It's a very good show. Chad, I saw the advertising on Turner for Chad coming back. I like that show a great bit. But in the summer, there's just not even that many shows. It's not even like there's a good non-sports option to watch the night of the Home Run Derby. So at some point, you might watch it. And I've also said one of the things I do enjoy about the Home Run Derby is, and I wish they would just let everybody use aluminum bats and and or cork their bats or whatever it is, because it's the it's the reason why you might tune in to watch that softball thing that they do in Major League Baseball stadiums, because it's the sheer magnitude of the holy crap! I can't believe a human being can hit a baseball that far, right? Like it's insane. But the actual competition part of it, do not give a single f. Could not possibly care who wins, who loses, because it does not matter. You'll, n- in fact, some of the most memorable things that have ever happened in a home run derby have been the people that didn't win. It's just they put on some sort of show that was incredible. Remembering who won a home run derby is nonsense. It's not a thing. It's it's this silly exhibition that's that's fun and cute to look at. It's just not an actual competition. So watching the competition itself, no, no chance. And that's the way that I feel about all of these skills competitions. Like they might be pleasant to look at, maybe. But there's probably something else that's on TV at that time. And if I happen to come across it at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning while I'm I'm up hacking my lungs out or something like that, maybe I'll watch it at that point. But other than that, there's got to be something better on for me to watch. And then the night of the NBA's skills competitions, there's college basketball games being played at the same time. There's other things going on that are real legitimate comp- sporting competitions that I want to watch. It's the thing I struggle with all the time with the Olympics. I just don't think I realized how many of the winter sports were judging sports. I just don't think I realized that. Like between ski jumping and snowboard jumping and all of these damnedest things. Like I don't think I realized how much of it involved judging somehow, some way, and I'm I'm out, man. The moment it gets to judging, I'm out. I actually don't love. I like watching. Like I watched the downhill the other night. That was dope because like people were legitimately like cra- It was like every third person was crashing. Like it's really hard to do the downhill. The downhill is very difficult. It is an arduous, insane terrain that they're skiing down it was pretty incredible to watch but i also realized i don't love the you got to watch each person do it instead of having like one race or everybody that's what makes the summer olympics so good it's swimming it's track and field you're watching all of them go at the same time and one person's going to win in the end you got to watch every single effing person ski down this hill and they let like 30 of them do it and they essentially say after like the first 18 eh, none of the rest of these guys could win but, like, you can't announce the winner because you still have to let them ski in case one of them has, like, the ski of their life. Mm-hmm. But you're just openly saying, yeah, it's this guy's won. We just can't tell you that he's won yet. It's so effing awkward. Like, it's so uncomfortable as a television sport that even, like, the cool ones, and the downhill was really cool, doesn't end up being all that good of a viewing experience, man. I'm trying. I am desperately trying. I think the majority of people around the world feel the way that you do because ratings are super in Well, the it doesn't help that they're happy, you know, they're on the other side of the planet, right? Yeah. Like if if the Olympics were going on in T- Toronto, I'm just going to guess that the ratings would probably be much better because probably. the events would be happening during the day and they could position them for the big ones to be happening in American primetime. I don't know what the ratings for the Olympics are and the Winter Olympics are in, in Europe right now. I don't know what they are in, you know, in Asia. Um, it's also awkward because it's been like back-to-back Winter Olympics in Asia, so there wasn't a lot of momentum 
like in the 2018 Olympics, they weren't on at a time where like kids could fall in love with these athletes mm-hmm. or fall in love with these sports and then care about them and be ready again for 2022. So there's there's a lot of things that that are hurting them when it comes to this. And sure, like the the fact that it's China and you know. We don't exactly care for China a great deal at the moment. Like that can't help either in terms of uh, Olympics ratings. And there haven't been as many like puff pieces that are being done about the home country because you know why would we be doing that in relation to China at the moment? So um, I don't know. All of it's. I, I keep trying. I keep trying. Again, I'll be watching the women's hockey. The women's hockey has been by far the best thing of the Olympics, which I expected it to be. I think the like I would normally be watching more curling, but they put all the curling on CNBC. And this is just a uh, weird bit. I don't remember what channel number CNBC is on my TV, so I forget like where to go to find the curling, and I just end up not watching the curling, which is a bummer because I really like curling. Like I actually mm-hmm. en- I enjoy it. I think it comes off well on TV, and you find yourself fascinated by it. But they've put all of it, like none of it is on USA, none of it is on NBC, and those are the two channels that like I know where they are on my television, so I remember to, to click the button. Very old man in that way. I just realized it's a very old man thing to say. Like I don't know where CNBC is, and it's a step too far for me to go, pull my phone out and say, what channel is CNBC in order to go find it? That's I'm it's fi- an old I'm man I'm finding thing. myself um, a lot more like that with a lot of things, like specifically technology. I didn't get a new phone for three years because I didn't feel like dealing with it. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that way about plenty of things related yeah. to technology, a hundred percent. I mean, I think we're, I think a lot of us are in. We we like find out there's an update available for something, and we're like, we're gonna pass. We're gonna pass on that update because you're gonna screw up the things that I'm comfortable with. So I'm gonna pass on all that. But I one hundred percent have felt that way watching the Olympics. I feel like there was something I actually wanted to talk about this morning, and it wasn't just me ranting about the Olympics. I feel like there was an actual subject that I had. Alan Kamara. No, I don't really. I mean, it, like a lot of people are up in arms about the fact that the NFL let him play in the game. I, it would require me to care about the Pro Bowl to be worked up about this. Fair like, enough. if it was a real game, I don't know. I'd, it'd, it'd be really shameful. I guess somebody would say it's. It makes it all the more embarrassing that the NFL allowed him to participate in a nonsense game. Mm-hmm. I, it ain't a good look. There's no getting around that. It ain't a good look. I watched a little bit of Roger Goodell's press conference. Um, the people in Boston are trying to, to to rehash Deflategate, and there was some report from Mike Florio that apparently, so the following season, the NFL was registering um, the PSI numbers of footballs, and this this Mike Mike Florio alleges that they destroyed the data because the data would have proven that this is just what happens to footballs. Like that, that it's not that Tom Brady was deflating footballs. This is just what happened. Mm-hmm. But again, all the reporting about Deflategate involved literally someone whose job it was to go deflate footballs. So that doesn't work. Whether or not footballs naturally deflate on their own, irrelevant if Tom Brady was actually having someone go deflate footballs. Mm-hmm. Like the text messages are still pretty damning. Now, again, it might be that the real answer is, well, everybody deflates the footballs, right? Like, it's not just what happens to balls. It's that everyone deflates the footballs. I don't know. But trying to rehash Deflategate and make it a thing and and – nobody asked Roger Goodell about overtime yesterday in the entire press conference. Not one question was asked. And I get it. There were more important questions that were asked about the Brian Flores lawsuit, about the situation in Washington. In context, those things are far more important. But the obsession – Boston people have related to Deflategate. Like, as if they've been personally offended. Like, my life is worse because, you know, you you didn't treat this Super Bowl title as importantly as you should have treated it. Get the entire F out of here. 
Who cares, man? They won. Nobody has taken it away from them. Nobody has attempted to go back and say the Patriots didn't really win that Super Bowl. Stop. Get a hold of yourself. For F's sake. The obsession with it is nuts. If the NFL, by the way, really did just purposely, you know, delete evidence or whatever you want to call it, get rid of evidence, get rid of those numbers, it's a joke on their part too. It still doesn't change those text messages. It still doesn't change any of that. It's just the reality of the circumstances, man. I don't know what else there is to tell you, but... I think Brian Powell's the only Patriot fan that listens to this show, so I don't think I'm going to bother spending too much more time on the topic. All right, today's show is also brought to you by the Live Casino and Hotel. Man, you know how much I love Live Casino and Hotel and the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook, and it's the place to be on Sunday. You want to watch the big game there. Get your live bets in as the game is going on. You can watch the numbers change. Say, oh, boy, I like that now. Got to race over to one of those 51 self-service kiosks or the betting windows and get your bet in. The 51 self-service kiosks are open 24-7. So if you are someone who does love the Olympics and you're watching at odd hours of the night, you can be right there at Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook and get your bets in at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., whenever it is that you want to get them in on those 51 self-service kiosks at Live Casino and Hotel. Let's switch gears. Let's talk a little college hoops, a little terps this morning. Joining us now, one of our favorites, of course, you remember him from his college coaching career, and now you see him on CBS Sports. He is Mr. Steve Lapis, and he's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us up early out there on the West Coast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, out in Spokane. Obviously, I have a Gonzaga tonight, which I'm looking forward to seeing live. I would imagine, right? Like It's sort of like going to see the Beatles any longer, going to, to do a Gonzaga game these days. I mean, it's just the Chet Holmgren story. This dude is le- as legit as it possibly gets uh, when it comes to basketball players. Yeah, th- th- there's no doubt. I mean, and this team, and I've never been to the McCarthy Center, which obviously is one of the best venues in the, in the country. I mean, these guys, they, they never lose there. They've won 64 home games in a row, <laughs> which is the most longest streak they've ever had. And they've had some streaks. So, and as you said, when you have guys like Holmgren and Timmy, I mean, your two leading scorers are fifth, and 10th, respectively, in the nation in field goal percentage. So when your two best players are shooting over 60% from the field, you got yourself a pretty good Yeah, that does, that's not bad. That's not that bad. It's going to go a long way. What, what's the difference, uh, Steve, and them finally, you know, look, they, they've been so close, obviously. Just a year ago, they were right there. What's, what is the, going to be the difference for them in when this is the finally the year that they might cut down the net? You know, I know this is going to sound crazy, and I don't mean to be kind of bailing out on your question, but, you know, uh, I, you, you, you have a great coach, you got a great team, you got a team, obviously, that's good enough to win it all, has been good enough to win it all. You know what the final hurdle is in the end that gets you over the hump? A little bit of luck. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean sure. that. I know that sounds crazy, and I'm not bailing out. No, I get it. You know, you can't. you can sit here and cut this thing apart any way you want. In the end... You need a bounce here and a bounce there, and I think that's all it is. There's nothing that they need to do differently. You know, they do it all. Got to have that last, that last thing that gets you the final, the last piece of the puzzle is a little bit of luck. I and mean, obviously they ran into a Baylor team that was just, you know, play, playing out of their minds on Championship Monday a year ago. There's not a whole lot that you can do about it. 
All no, right. you're there. You're good enough. Yeah. You just don't do it in the end, you know? Yep. So that's what we're talking about. I really feel like that's the fine line in the end is a little bit of luck. Steve Lapis is with us here on GCR. Coach, the reason why we called you is, is we've been trying to get a, a sense of – of the quality of the Maryland job, right? Like, it's a, it's a weird season for us college basketball-wise here, as you would imagine, because the games don't really matter all that much, unfortunately. Maryland's playing Iowa tonight, and you're like, okay, we're going to watch, but what are we really watching for? Because, you know, they've been without a coach now for a couple of months. Um, you, you look around, and, and knowing what you know about this area, knowing what you know about, you know, what this program has done, You'll hear people say, oh, this is a sleeping giant. This is a top 10, top 15 caliber job. But at the same time, it's a program that's 20 years removed from a trip to the Final Four. It's a program that still, as of today, doesn't have a basketball practice facility. And there's no date when the facility is going to be open. Just how good do you think this Maryland job really is right now? I think it's a really good job. Now, let me say this. Um, I think... And I don't want to, you know, cause a stir, and I hope it doesn't. But you know, when when you were when Maryland was in the ACC, it was an unbelievable job. Now they're in the Big Ten; it's a really good job, you know. But I think the geography has hurt a little bit in my mind. Um, but you know, you're in a great league. You're in a league that's a national championship league. National champions, even though they haven't had one in 20 years, uh, you know, can come out of the Big Ten, obviously. Uh, you know, that being said, you know, not having a practice facility nowadays, yeah, that's a factor. You know what I mean? Because everybody's got these practice facilities where they have everything in there from, you know, where you practice every day to where your kids do their meals every day to where they do their study hall. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is definitely a factor. And that's something that you would think with, you know, all the money that's coming in from the Big Ten, which is why you made that move in the first place, that, you know, that that would be something on the radar. But this is a great job. This is a top 20 job without a question. This is a job where the goal should be to win the national title. Um, Hasn't happened in a long time. We've even been to the Final Four in a long time. But, yeah, I think it's a great job. Uh, I think it was probably a top seven job uh, when they were in the ACC. Now it's top 15. But, you know, you're just splitting hairs there. It's a great job. The irony of that, of course, being that, like, at the moment, the Big Ten is the better basketball conference, but I get what you're saying in terms of geography. And, um, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to sell kids on wanting to go travel out to Nebraska and Minnesota and places like that during the course of the winter. Um, Steve, let let me follow that up by saying, is it the type of job that if you're a coach who's happy where they are, it's so good that you still have to consider leaving it, right? And I'm I'm not throwing this name. I'm just throwing Ed Cooley's name out for the sake of throwing it out because it's one we've talked about a lot, right? Ed Cooley's in a good place. He's a beloved figure. Um, you know, he's he's an he's an alum. There isn't the pressure necessary to win national championships at a place like Providence, but he's done plenty of winning over the years. Everything says Ed Cooley is happy at Providence, but is Maryland the type of job that's so good that even if you're happy somewhere that you are, you at least have to think about it. Not that I'm asking you to like know specifically what Ed Cooley's thinking, but I just mean more generically. Well, put it this way. Ed Cooley has a great situation where he is. He's got a, a, a basically a contract for life. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Providence. 
He's done an amazing, amazing job. I mean, you look at him, he's probably the national coach of the year this year. If he's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's some guys, who, every, there's always guys who've done great jobs. You know, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona and, you know, Bruce Pearl. But uh, to me, and after having seen his team this year, um, you know, I don't think he has a first-team all-league player in the Big East. Wow. So Ed Cooley is, a, is an unbelievable coach, and he's done an unbelievable job. That being said, and the fact that, like I said, he's a, he's a favorite son. He grew up there. I mean, this is like the perfect place for him. That being said, I think it's going to be hard to win a national title at Providence. Yep. Now, if Ed Cooley, in fact, wants to get to Final Fours and have a chance to win a national championship, which is obviously what I know because I was there. I know what it feels like. That's what coaches chase. They, yeah, money's great. There's no doubt. But he doesn't need money. You chase the national title. And if he wants to chase a national title, he certainly would have a better chance at Maryland to win one. And I'm not saying it's impossible at Providence. It's just very difficult. Sure. And let's understand this about Providence job. It, it has never been a true destination job. You look at the history. Guys, when I was in the Big East, when I first got there in 1992, Rick Barnes was there. Pete Gillen was there. Um, you know, uh, Tim Welsh was there. Now, Tim, Tim Welsh stayed a while. Yep. But, you know, most of the guys that were there moved somewhere else afterwards. And I'm not saying that it can't be a destination job, but historically it has not been. So to, I'm not kind of answering your question. I think he would be a great guy. He'd be, he'd be the best. Uh, would he leave? I don't know, but I can understand why he might think about it. Uh, and I, you know, it's something we've been talking about a lot, right? Like, do you mess with Happy? Well, if you want to win a national championship, maybe you do. And if you believe that you can win a national championship in Maryland, that would be the reason why you would. He's Steve Lapis. He's with us on GCR. Coach, you know, you mentioned Providence coaches, and obviously Rick Pitino's name comes up still to this day. Um, a, a contemporary of yours, of course. Um you know, there's a lot of baggage there, but my God, you know, you see the job he's doing at Iona. This is still Rick Pitino that we're talking about. If if you were Maryland, would you go be willing to go down that road, or is it more important to find a coach that you know is going to be your coach for the next 15, 20 years to try to find your next Gary Williams, for example? You know, uh, if, if you're looking for a lock, he's the only lock out there in terms of lock, like this guy is going to win. There's no question about it. Just, you know, mark it down. Now, the, how, how far he goes in the tournament, you know, do you get the Final Four, do you win national titles? I don't know. But I know one thing, he is the only lock out there. And I'm not saying Ed Cooley's not. Is, he, is Ed Cooley a lock to go to Final Four? He's never I mean, been, we'll right. right. He, he hasn't done it, you know what I mean? This guy here, yes, he's done it. So if they're looking for a lock, if they're looking for the best guarantee they can, you know, after a guy like Ed Cooley or, you know, Kevin Willard's name came up to, I think, same yep. situation here. There's a school that has never been a destination spot either. Who knows? But he, he's not as hot right now as Ed Cooley is. Uh, but Rick Pitino, obviously, is a, he's a lock. He's a lot. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Obviously, there's still baggage that comes along with it, right, Coach? Like, there's no getting around that. Uh, but, my God, it's still Rick Pitino that we're talking about. Let me throw out another scenario to you. Just, do you get a sense for how much it matters? You know, people talk about knowing the area, right? And and Andy Enfield's name comes up in that way because he's somebody who knows the area. Of course, uh, was at Johns Hopkins, and he's from Pennsylvania. Like, he knows the area. Um is that as important to at this point in college basketball? It was an, it was sort of a knock 
Oh, well, we lost Steve Lapis. We'll try to get him back really quickly as uh, we're chatting with the uh, the former coach at uh, Villanova and UMass this morning, now a uh, CBS college basketball analyst. He's out in uh, Spokane getting ready to do the Gonzaga game tonight. Steve Lapis checking in with us this morning here on GCR. And I'm, I'm, I want to ask a little bit. I, you guys know, I'm as I've said before about Rick Pitino, I've had the entire conversation. I'm not going to... He's not my guy, but I'm not going to lose my mind if he's the guy that they hire, and I'm going to wish him well, and I'm going to expect good things because it's Rick Pitino that we're talking about. Um, we'll go back to Steve Lapis here for just another minute or two. Um, Coach, I was I was leaning into the idea of how much it might matter, the the local connection, right? Like that, that, that some people will say was kind of a knock on Mark Turgeon, that he wasn't from this area, that he wasn't from this region, and he didn't necessarily understand what type of fan existed here, and, and, and it was sort of a, a personality clash over the years. Do you feel like, knowing you know Philadelphia is sort of similar, you've been in, in this region before, how important do you feel like it is for the, the Maryland hire to be someone who really understands and knows the area? Here's what I'm going to tell you, and this is I'm a firm believer in this. Mark Turgeon is a really good basketball coach. Mark Turgeon didn't win enough in the, in the, in the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, all these narratives don't even come up. So, I mean, you know, I love how everybody will say, well, you know, he's not from the – they're going to find something. So let's find this about Mark Turgeon. We're going to find – he hasn't won in the NCAA terms. Let's, let's look for our narrative of why he, he didn't win enough. No, he didn't win enough because he didn't win in the NCAA tournament. There's the bottom line there. The guy won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. The guy's a really good coach. If he won more in the tournament, they wouldn't say that. But they're going to dig for a narrative. So I don't buy any of that. Whoever they get there, if he wins enough, it could be from where he could be from the moon. To be right. honest with you, right. and in that area there, so far, I mean, that's the other reason why it's a great job. I mean, D.C., New York, Baltimore. I mean, you're right in the middle. Of, you know, you're close to everybody and anything. So uh, I don't buy any of that. And, and just getting back to Rick Pitino, he's the he's a lock in terms of yep. he's going to come there and he's going to win. The court, and obviously he's from Long Island, he's an Eastern guy, which I don't know if that helps, hurts, it doesn't matter. But the bottom line is, are you willing to put up with the things that have happened late in his career? That's your decision that you have to make. It's a, and, it's a difficult... and, he, and obviously he's a little older, do you want to go for the young right. guy? But how do you find the young guy who's the up-and-coming guy that's going to do it? You know what I mean? It's tough to tell. It, and it's difficult for me because, uh, Coach, I, I do think that the answer right now is that they just they, – right now they need to win. They need to get somebody who's going to come in and win and sort of revitalize the program. And, and I don't think that the plan can be, well, we, you know, we need to have a 20-year guy. Okay, well, right now I think you need to have a three-year guy. You need well, to have someone that can, can breathe life back into the program. And then if that guy happens to stay here for 20 years, that would be wonderful, right? Right. I agree with you. And, and, and like I said, Ed Cooley is a home run Rick Pitino, he's the home run. That's it. That's that's how. That's like I say. Now there's other guys out there. Yep. Maybe you try and find the uh, like the the Rick Barnes who has done well, but maybe it's time for a change. You know what I mean? But you know, you're not to leave a really good situation to start all over. That's going to be hard to find somebody to do that. Can I can I ask about one more guy? That's that's Andy Enfield. Um, yep. And and it's it's brought up because I think the world of Andy Enfield, right? Like, and we got to know him a little bit, obviously, because of uh, him being at Johns Hopkins. And um, you know, as he got the Florida Gulf Coast, he would still come on with us when he's been at USC. Still come on with us because of the connection back in the area. And you know, some of the reports are that he he is interested in the job. Um, and there, you'll hear from people that'll say, "I just don't know how good of a coach 
Andy Enfield is. Of course, everybody remembers his magical run at Florida Gulf Coast. But then they'll point out that at USC, he's been really good when he had Evan Mobley, and he had Evan Mobley because he hired his father, right? Like, there there seems to be some sort of national... We're, we're not sure just how good of a coach Andy Enfield really is separated from he had a really good player that he won a lot with. Do you have a sense for truly how good of a coach Andy Enfield is right now? Yeah, I mean, he's a very good coach, but, you know, he's he, he, he's won a lot of games and and but what you're saying is true, you know what I mean? So um, I, I don't I don't like comparing coaches, but you know, like we, we throw back to Ed Cooley. He, he he's probably a two seed right now, and I'm telling you, he doesn't have a first team All League guy, and he doesn't have a pro on his team. So you know what I mean? I, I think that Ed Cooley has done more with less, and that's a, not a knock on Andy Enfield. It's kind of more like. You know, what are you looking for? Andy Enfield, he's got ties to the area. He's won a lot of games. And that's a good name. It's a guy who's experienced, who's done it at the highest level there. But, you know what I mean? Again, if you're asking me in terms of who has proven to do more with less, and obviously at Maryland, hopefully you can do more with more. Right, right. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking you can get more at a place like Maryland. You know, just, but, but yeah, Andy Enfield, that'd be a great name too. Yeah, by the way, that when you describe, when I listen to you describe Ed Cooley, it, it kind of comes off the way we've talked about Gary Williams over the years. You know what I mean? Like the guy that was just such a good coach that, you know, he could take a two-star kid out of Baltimore and Juan Dixon and tournament, you know, and I'm not saying it was all on Gary. Of course, Juan was a special player, but like the, he just didn't need McDonald's All-Americans in order to win every year. And, and that's really what you want. You know, you, you want a guy who has proven that he could take guys and make them into a team. And uh, if you get the great five-star guys now, boom, and, and, and Ed Cooley really at Providence, as good a job as he's done, he's never had really the five-star-plus guys. Um, so, I mean, there's there, – but can you get Ed Cooley? That's the hard thing. Yep, that's 100%. You know, he might just be happy. He might just like where he is. All right, Gonzaga, that's tonight, right, for you on uh, yeah. CBS Sports Network? Yep. CBS Sports Network tonight, a- 9 o'clock. Excellent. Steve Lapis, is there anything else we can plug for you, my friend? Tune in, check out the Bulldogs tonight. Uh, Coach, always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Let's chat again real soon, all right? You got it. Take care. Coach Steve Lapis checking in with us here on GCR. Some excellent thoughts. Obviously, he's, he's definitely going to bat for Ed Cooley and – Look, I think Ed Cooley would be a very good hire. I think that there would be a percentage of the fan base that would turn around and say, "Well, what's he done?" and and would I, I think in comparison to when they hired Mark Turgeon and the knock on Mark Turgeon was, well, he really hasn't actually like accomplished anything. He's been good. He's he's won, but he hasn't accomplished anything. And then he spent a decade here doing the exact same thing, winning plenty of games but not accomplishing anything during that time period. So I think there would be a danger for a certain percentage of the fan base if Maryland were to hire Ed Cooley where they would say, well, exactly how is Ed Cooley different than when we hired Mark Turgeon? And, you know, they wouldn't be wrong if you're simply looking at results. Um, At that point, when Mark Turgeon was hired at Maryland, he had made one Sweet 16 during the time that he was at Wichita State. Um, Ed Cooley hasn't even made one Sweet 16 during the time of Providence, he's won a ton, and we'll see how this season plays out. To uh, Steve Lapis's point, he is at the moment slated to be a very high seed in the NCAA tournament and have a really good chance at making sort of a breakthrough run. But if he doesn't, 
Or if he, even let's just say they get to the Sweet 16, he would have as many Sweet 16 appearances as a head coach as Mark Turgeon hired, had when Maryland hired him. Now, I get it. Like the, the flip side to that is the coaches that have made, when, when he talked about Rick Pitino as a lock, the coaches that have made deep runs the NCAA tournament are typically at places where they intend to stay. Typically. Every now and then there's you know a, a wild card, like Porter Moser making a Final Four run at Loyola Chicago and being available after that, right? Like, there's, you can find every now and then someone who has done that at a smaller school that would still be in a place where they can make a jump up. But typically, the guys that are making deep NCAA tournament runs are at places they're not leaving. So if that's your qualification for hiring a coach, is it's got to be someone who's, who's gone deep in the NCAA tournament. Well, essentially you're saying it's, it's got to be Rick Pitino. That's it. You're not taking a chance on a guy you think is ready or a different school would have a different opportunity. You're essentially saying either we hire Rick Pitino or bust. If uh, if Maryland were to hire Ed Cooley, all they had to do was put Steve Lapis at the introductory press conference. Yeah, it would really sell you on because he well, sold me I, on but, him. But he's you know his points are all very valid. The Ed Cooley, much like Gary Williams, has done less, has done more with less, mm-hmm. right? Has has never had superstars. I mean, transcendent stars at Providence, but has always figured out a way to win to get into the NCAA tournament despite that, right? Well, that's that's In kind fairness, of the guy you need here, right? I don't know if that's – I don't necessarily – and th- this is where I'll separate, right? The flip side argument about Andy Enfield, which is it's, – it's a little unfair because obviously he didn't have superstar players at Florida Gulf Coast when he was making a run to the Sweet 16. Um, but the, the knock on Andy Enfield at USC is what he's done at USC has been directly correlated to when he's had superstar players. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly you're hiring a coach at Maryland, presuming they're going to be able to go land superstar players. Fair. It, the knock on, if you want to say there's a knock on Roy Williams, the knock on Roy Williams is that Roy Williams was always as good as his players were. That, um, you know, Roy Williams couldn't coach his way out of certain situations. If he had a team with lesser talent, he couldn't do anything to get more out of them. Well, how did that work out for Roy Williams? Pretty freaking well, because he constantly had players. Mm. He just went and got more players. And I'm not saying this is true about Andy Enfield. I haven't done. I'm not confident in saying that he's not someone that can do more with less, right? But if the argument is he's he's done more when he's had more, okay. Well, you're assuming he's going to come to Maryland to try to get more. Like that's the idea of taking a job like this is that you want to have transcendent star players. You want to be a place where McDonald's All-American caliber players can come to. Just because it's not how Gary Williams did things doesn't mean. It can't be how Maryland does things. Mm-hmm. So I'll separate from the idea that that's who you have to hire. No, it, it it certainly could work, but the argument that you couldn't do the same thing with a coach that's more like Roy Williams, I just now obviously North Carolina will always have inherent advantages and you'll always be able to get more talent right. at North Carolina than you can get at Maryland. But to think that you couldn't, if he could get Evan Mobley to go to USC, why couldn't he have gotten Evan Mobley to go to Maryland, particularly if he was willing to hire his father, right? Southern California. I understand that. Like, I get the argument. It's not as if USC has been a destination basketball school for yeah. anyone. Like, no one said, I have to go play basketball at USC. I certainly understand why you'd say, yeah, but, you know, they got a beach. Like, yeah. I get that. Believe it or not, even there's not that many people going to the beach at USC in January. I mean, like in Southern California. Like it, you, you can... But it's not; it, it's nicer in April, clearly, to be in, at USC than it is uh, to be at Maryland. But 
we're, we're kind of splitting hairs a little bit, right? Um, I get, I get it. There's no snow at USC. Fine, I understand that, but I don't think that was the decision that Evan Mobley made and where it was that he was going to go to school. So I think that you have the ability to get star players to come to Maryland. And if you win when you have star players, well, go get more star players. Go get more sellout to go get more recruits. And that's been one thing that Andy Enfield has appeared quite willing to do is to put everything on the line in terms of recruiting and saying, whatever we got to do, now, will Maryland work with him the way that USC has worked with him? Because it's one of the knocks that you'll hear in relation to Maryland athletics on the whole is that they're still not willing to bend. The university isn't willing to bend much in terms of athletics. Um, it's a complaint from football coaches over the years. The way that you schedule classes and you're not willing to reconsider the scheduling of classes based around what's best for us. Um, bending a little bit to help a kid qualify or get into the school is not something that Maryland has been willing to do. That might be an issue, and it might be the type of thing that a coach like Andy Enfield looks at and says, if I can't get this kid into school, I can't coach there because I need those types of kids in order to succeed. So that could be an issue for him. Or if he takes the job and finds that out later and says, this is a problem. Um, that's been something we've heard a lot about over the years in terms of Maryland. All that being said, I, I like, I'm good with either one. These are two of the guys that have been near the top of my list the entire time, and Andy Enfield and Ed Cooley. These have been two of the guys that I thought were practical, I thought were legitimate names, and I liked a little bit more than I like Kevin Willard. Like I, It's not that I have a problem with it being Kevin Willard. Kevin Willard just doesn't excite me in any way, whereas I think there's something exciting about both of these guys. I think they both really bring something to the table. I think if it's Kevin Willard, he's a fine coach, and... You know, I I I think he'll have a chance, but I, it's not. He's just it's just not as exciting of a name to me as these two are amongst the practical names. Will it be someone maybe that's outside of the realm of practicality? That's a different conversation. That I you know I, I certainly don't have any reason to assume that at the moment, but it it could. We will find out. All right, today's show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. What else can I say about Glory Days Grill? Man, love me some Glory Days. Smoky thigh wings. Smoky thigh wings. I could start singing about them. They are that good. And you can still get the various items on their winter seasonal menu, the comfort food classics, the house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, short rib grilled cheese sandwich. It's all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in, glorydaysgrill.com. Coming up in the 11 a.m. hour, we're going to chat with uh, Ken Zalis. And speaking of Maryland, former Terps tight end Chigakonkwo, perhaps someone that could be a Baltimore Raven in the future. We're going to catch up with him as well. I've been sitting on a finish this this week, so we'll get to that here too. A lot going on on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org that first sip 
That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. AATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Paul asks, if Evans hires a coach currently coaching a team, do you think we won't get the announcement until after said team is eliminated from the tournament, or could that coach leave the team after the regular season like in football? When in, no, 100%. If, that, if he hires a coach that's coaching a team that's in the NCAA tournament, you won't know about it until after the NCAA tournament is over. And that's a little bit more common in college basketball, um, like – Keep in mind, it's a different conversation entirely that we're having related to college football. Where, like, if you're not in the playoff, we just all we can't pretend like these bowl games matter. They just don't. Now, I know the Notre Dame situation was maybe a little bit unique because, like, they had an outside chance of still getting into the playoff, and that would have made it really awkward. I I don't think Brian Kelly would have left for the UFC the the LSU job if Notre Dame was comfortably in the playoff. He knew it was really unlikely that they were going to find their way into the playoff. And I think the other sort of dirty little secret of it, like he also knew they weren't winning a national championship. They weren't good. Like they did, they had gotten in. It wasn't going to be because they deserved to be there. It was just going to be because a bunch of other teams lost games and they were the team that was still standing. Um, so no, it, 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 you won't see a scenario like that where Ed Cooley's getting ready for the NCAA tournament and just decides he's going to up and leave Providence before they play their games. Um, it, it has never worked that way in college basketball, and in, until for some insane reason we start seeing it, um, it's just not going to happen that way. And it's also the other thing that you have to keep in mind, the reason why that's occurred in football is because there's a national signing day now in December, and so for recruiting reasons, these schools have felt pressed to have the coach in place. There's no real recruiting to be done in March. Like, the kids made their decisions. There's, there's maybe... 
like a last second guy who pops up but there's no real recruiting to be done until you get to the summer circuit so there's no pressure to have the coach in place before the NCAA tournament is over that's just part of that's a significant part of the difference between the two sports all right it is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio uh, if you missed it last night, two important shows from Stan the Fan Charles um, as he caught up both with Towson basketball coach Pat Scary as well as CIAA commissioner Jackie McWilliams. Both of those shows are available right now. If you go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports or by going to pressboxonline.com slash video for either one of those shows. I've been sitting on a finish this that is so effing wild. I'm honest to god not certain how to rewrite the headline and i'm actually nervous now that we're doing this other segment on fridays that this uh, that this is so wild that like um cassidy was saving it for um her segment that's going to be her problem for not listening and it'll really blow up in her face and we already know the story is real i was blown away when we read this all right um boy oh man how do i rewrite this uh man Blanks a blank in order to find his blank, then, oh man, this is so, this is too much. I don't, dude, this story is so insane. Um, then, uh, blanks. On blank two words, where? Oh, dude, I this too. I can't give this to you. I actually feel bad about this. Where? You know what? I already know this because I heard it on ninety eight rock. What is it? Man steals a car to find his it, car. All right, you do know about it. Damn yeah. it! Damn it! I'm really mad about this. If you have not heard this story, this is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life. 38-year-old Bradford Weitzel of Port St. Lucie told, of course, Port St. Lucie in Florida. Of course it's a Florida man. Told Martin County Sheriff's detectives that he couldn't find his car after leaving a Martin County bar early this morning. So he stole one in a good faith effort to locate his own. We've all been there, right? Look, I'm stealing your car, but it's only because... I need to find my car. I'll totally bring your car back once I've found my... We've all been there. Tale as old as time. Beauty and the Beast, man. We've all been there. We're like, what are we going to do? We can't find our car. Well, I know what we'll do. We'll just steal this car, but we're not stealing it. We're just borrowing it. That's all. The The car is going to come back. He said he somehow ended up on the train tracks along Indian River Drive. Again, this happens all been there everybody you go out driving all of a sudden you're like i'm stuck on a train track how did that happen we've all everybody tell t- it's five times this month that's occurred to me five times that's when white still claims the vehicle he stole suddenly stopped dead on the tracks as a train was coming so he said he got out and ran leaving the car on the tracks. well that's smart because you don't want a train to hit you you know he'd rather hit the car like you could damage a car you don't want to damage you and again this was all done in good faith so i'm sure it can be easily explained to the owner of the vehicle look man i'm sorry i'm just trying to find my car here's an iou right (laughs) 
it's like uh, Harry and Lloyd when she opened up the briefcase. Ah, that's a, that one's for a thousand dollars. I'd hold on to that one. <laughs> Come on. Within seconds, the train hit the car, catapulting it into a nearby home where the homeowners were sound asleep. Fortunately, they were not physically injured, although the explosive sound of a driverless car smashing into their side of their home was clearly jolting. <laughs> I really wish the story would say something like, ah, oh, they went, checked it out, figured out there was nothing they could do about it, just went back to bed. Because <laughs> there is a never-ending list of things that could occur at my house in the middle of the night where if I'm asleep and I, there's just nothing I can do about it. I'd be like, all right, man, whatever. I'll deal with it in the morning. I'm not dealing with it right now. Like, just, I don't I don't have it in me. And I, and I hate saying this. I have gotten calls about loved ones who passed away in the middle of the night where I'm like, I my brain cannot process this at the moment. I, I have to have a little bit more sleep before I can figure out what I need to do. That like, kind of news doesn't jolt you awake? It It jolts me for a minute. And then I realized that, like, I'm just not, I'm not functioning. And and it'll be more like, I need another hour. Give me one hour, and then I'll, I'll be able to really deal with this, right? But like right now, it's not really me dealing with this. It's some zombie version of me dealing right. with this, and that doesn't help anything. I'm not at the appropriate level of of talking to other people about it. Like it, it would just, it, it wouldn't work in those circumstances. My dad's very similar. I, I have to I have to be functional in order to appropriately handle something significant. I'm telling you, man, like it, I, I'm trying to think of of circumstances. Like if 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 um if I found out in the middle of the night, if like uh, the kids woke me up and were like, it's it's cold, there's something wrong, like there's something wrong in the house, it's freezing cold, I'd probably be like, dude, put another blanket on, I'll deal with it in the morning. <laughs> like I just I don't have the capacity right now in order to deal with this. And I don't know what I would do in the car flying into my house situation. Like if a car flew into my my like my I living room. I feel like you would get out of bed. I would get out of bed for sure because it was jolted to check on it. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point I would sort of be like, Okay, I don't know what else there is to do here. I I would like to go back to sleep. Maybe I would go somewhere else in order to go to, like I call the authorities. Have them come to the house, and I'd be like, "Can I go to my mother-in-law's house now? Can I just go back to get some sleep, man? Like, I can't deal with this." Um, meanwhile, Whitesell continued on to a nearby fruit stand where he vandalized the business, then tried to steal a forklift. Okay, but I need to know specifically what the vandalization was, because clearly, trying to steal the forklift, he's got a lot going on. He's probably trying to go back and get the car off the train tracks with the forklift. That's clearly what he's attempting to do. This is all done in good faith. He's trying to help. Sort of like Homer Simpson, right? He's trying his best. He's just dumb. He's just a dumb individual. Uh, In the end, Weitzel said he thought it was the best to flag down the responding deputies to let them know he was still looking for his car. Poor guy. He's gone through it. What a night he's had, right? (laughs) He took somebody else's car, ended up on the train tracks, had to try to get a forklift. And at the end of the day, he still doesn't know where his own car is. Poor fella. Uh, Bradford Weitzel was arrested and charged with grand theft and criminal mischief. Additional charges are expected. I mean, for what? What else are you going to charge this guy with, huh? What else? I mean, he's got to deal with the, the civil issues that he's going to have to come up with. He's going to be sued for sure. But what else are you going to charge the guy with? You already charged him with grand theft and criminal mischief. What else could be on the list at this point? I mean, come on. Like, what are we just making up charges after that? I feel I, I have not sympathy, but empathy. I feel empathy towards this gentleman because we've all been in situations 
where we just can't control our actions. We're I, just not capable. I of have it. I have a friend, and if he tells you the story, it takes two hours. By the way, it never says he's drunk, which is the most interesting part about all of this. I think you're supposed to assume because he left. The but ball like, you would think that they would say the that. You would think that they would say he was. You know. The DUI would be a charge involved. Something along those lines. It never says he's drunk anywhere in there. It might be Homer Simpson. I mean, come on, man. Like, we've all... All right, never mind. Never mind. It's not okay. If he was drunk, none of it's okay. It's yeah. not cheeky. It's not silly. Not okay. But it never says he was drunk or under the influence of any substance. Mm-hmm. It literally just says he did all of these things. Stole a car in good faith to try to go find his home. <laughs> come on. I, I, I have a friend who um was out at a local watering hole, and he... uh. He got very, very intoxicated, and he called a cab, and the ca- and he told the cab the wrong, a completely wrong address to drop him off at. Didn't know where he was. He's walking around. He finds an open garage, and he goes to sleep in the backseat of somebody's car. Okay. Wakes up like an hour later, uh, gets out, leaves his sandals in the backseat of this person's car, well. walking around barefoot. He discovers he's at Maryland Golf and Country Club at this point, which okay. is nowhere near okay. where he lives. It's quite random. And... and, and um, did, they, then he did ends- they drive the car while he was sleeping in it, and that's how he ended up at Maryland Golf and Country Club? Well, he, well, when he got dropped off, it was near Maryland Golf and Country Club, and he's walking around, and he sees all these different like construction machines and stuff like that, so he figures out he's at Maryland Golf and Country Club, all right. ends up on somebody's front porch, realizes it's not his house, the lights come on, he goes running, dives off the, off the porch into a bush, and just a wild, like I'm, I'm leaving out details, but just a wild, wild night where he left sandals in somebody's car. He woke up and and he had a Mike Tyson tattoo on his face, and and there was a live animal and a baby in the room. Like there was just a lot going on. We all had nights like that. We've all been in situations where we woke up, we looked around, we said, "Where are we? Where exactly am I right now? I'm in some strange basement. I'm someone's sex dungeon. Like what is going on here? We've all been in circumstances like that. So you stole a car." You were trying to find your own. I feel like the judge is going to say that when you go in front of the judge. He's like, judge, yes, you're right. I did take their car. But keep in mind, it was because I needed to find my car. And I feel like the judge is going to say, I understand case dismissed. Checks out. All good here, man. We've all been there. Didn't work as a finish this, which is sad because... It, it's so delightful that I just didn't know where we we're going to end up going with that, but unfortunately it didn't play out that way. All right, uh, hour number one of today's show has also been brought to you by the CIAA Tournament, which is coming to Baltimore. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournaments from February 22nd through 26th. Get your tickets now, CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. One final time this season, we need to make picks. Uh, This man does not factor into it whatsoever, but we're going to bring him back on here to help us out anyway. He, of course, press box fantasy football and draft analyst, our buddy Ken Zalis, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, KZ? Good morning. How's everybody? I'm all right. Uh, Who who do you have a new opinion about? based on uh, what happened last week at the Senior Bowl? Who's someone that suddenly uh, changed on your radar because of what they did last week down in Mobile? Uh, you know, there, there's there's a couple of guys. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of the kid, the edge, um, out of Minnesota, and I'm going to 
butcher his name, but Mafe, mm. um, uh, 6'4 kid, about 260 pounds, really comes off the edge. He, he was a, he was a handful. I'm not from the, from the film. I'm not, not a hundred percent sure. I, I, I love him for the Ravens because he doesn't do great against the run, but I don't know if that's going to still be a thing for the Ravens under the new, uh, defensive coordinator. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's a guy I would keep an eye on a little bit later. Um, everybody's talking about the kid, Travis Jones out of UConn, the defensive lineman. I really liked him coming in. Um, I wanted to see him against some better competition. I saw it. Um, I, I, I think he's, uh, he solidified himself as a second round pick and maybe a high second round pick. If, if the cards fall that way, um, he's going to be my third, uh, defensive line one of my personal rankings come out behind okay. uh, Jordan Davis and and Demarvin uh, Leal. Um, I thought you were a Jordan then, Davis hater, by the way. Well, but uh, I'm not a hater. I, I'm not as I'm not as high like like I. He's not 14 for me. You know what I mean? Mm. I, like like he's not the pick at 14. If you want to give me him around 25. Sure, I, I I still have. He's a dominant guy. I still have some questions based on his film, and it has nothing to do with his on-field play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if he plays enough snaps. Uh, am I taking a guy that plays twenty-five percent of the defensive snaps at fourteen? I'm not. I don't know if the Ravens would. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm in the minority still, but I I think that. Uh, I really like what I saw um, from Malik Willis. They're gonna, he is going to be um, the quarterback that you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him. Um, but he checked the boxes for me. I, again, another guy, smaller school from Liberty. I wanted to see how he held up, um, you know, as far as some of the better competition going up against some of the better cornerbacks in this draft. I really like what I saw, and, and this isn't. I just want to warn everybody when I do these things, it's not just about the game. I mean, yeah, he played, he played well in the game, but it's about the practices yeah, it's, it's, and about I the mean, reps and how accurate he was and, and, and things, because that's where, that's where the evaluation really comes from. You, you know, the game is fine and all these things about offensive MVPs and defensive MVPs. Uh, that's great. But I wanted to see how he played and, and, I, he moved up a little bit for me. I don't know if he's the first quarterback taken um, because there is some risk. Somebody's going to have to, you know, it, it's, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to duck when I say this, but it, it's like Lamar Jackson. You had to be comfortable with what, what Lamar Jackson was coming out of college and, and had a plan for him. And it's going to, if a team does that, um, I think you can be comfortable with him as the, the top quarterback in this draft. We'll just see how that goes. All right. All right. We will see. I, uh, yesterday, my, my buddy Aaron Oster was trying to get me to, to bet money on uh, Malik Willis somehow being the number one pick in the draft because the odds are so insane. He's like, look, man, it's still quarterback that we're talking about. It's like, still ah. quarterback. And, and look, if you, if you believe, if you're a quarterback needing team and he's your guy, yeah. um, how, where do you trade? Where can you find a trade partner? Is it worth the number one overall pick? I mean, look, I mean, he's not the number one player in the draft, but how far, if you think Carolina at six is going to take a quarterback, 
you got to get in the top five if they're, you got to find somebody to trade with. I hear you. I hear you. There's no doubt about it. All right, KZ. Anything else that's on your mind these days? What else is going on in your world? Sports is a weird place right now, my friend. It is. It's very, very <laughs> weird it's a, place. It's a, it's a tough place I'm, right now. I'm watching, I mean, I'm watching some hybrid snowboard <laughs> jump, and, and they're like trying to explain to me how time counts and so does style. I'm like, oh. stop, stop, stop. I'm out. I'm out. I can't. I watched. I watched uh, at a soccer tournament this past weekend with some people the the biathlon and ah. and and uh, of course makes all the sense in the world that that's a sport. Which so so and and if you're not if you're not a watcher traditionally of the Olympics, you've never heard of some of these sports. And there are some sports in the Olympics right now that are new to the Olympics for the first time that I've never heard of. Um, but the 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 combination of cross country skiing and shooting it's always um, fascinating. It's always, to me. always an odd one to me. Like wait, what what else could you just throw in randomly to make it a sport? Well, like, what, like, why don't we just bake well, a cake at the halfway point too and see how good you are at that? Well, the, I had forgotten about this one, Glenn. Uh, I and I watched it yesterday. I I think that ski jumping is fascinating to me because it's one of the probably top five things I would never do in a million years. Well, okay. I, okay. I, I, I just think it's absolutely insane. They have a competition where it's, where it's ski jumping from the quote unquote short hill combined with cross country skiing. Okay. What, what, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, none, it makes no sense, dude. And by the way, I, I don't I, get the, as yeah. I ranted about earlier, I'm out in general on all judging sports. Like, there just never will be a day that I'm like a judging sport does anything for me. That's not stop, stop. This notion that that that's that I can definitely say with certainty that this guy was better than this guy because I'm an ex. Stop it, stop it. Unless you're, stop unless it. you were, unless unless you're watching Nathan Chen because. That if you say so. Was pretty I saw a lot of people on Twitter who were like, "Hey, the guy, the the, the Japanese guy that finished second was really good too." Um, he was. Yeah, he I was, but he wasn't Nathan Chen. Oh, for God's sake! It's never, <laughs> never going to be for me. Certainty. That was the best. I, I, I've watched, Look, I, I like the Winter Olympics because I, I, I'm very, I'm very honest about this. I get to see things I've never seen, as we've just talked about. So I, I'm intrigued by things that I've never seen, and I'm also intrigued by things that I can't do. I can't walk from here to there on ice skates. I can do lots of things in sports. That is not one of them. I've never been able to do it. Don't ask me why. Maybe it's the fear factor. Okay? The fact that a guy, any of these guys or girls can... Do four rotations and do it five I, times. It's amazing. In a it's I agree. Just fascinating to me. It's incredible. I think it's an unbelievable thing. It's just never going to be for me because it involves judging. At the end of the okay. day, I never, okay. I'll never okay. be able to embrace. It's fair. It's, it's not. Fair. It's not. People it's are like, oh, because, what? Because you're too masculine to watch ice. No, no, not at all. I, I don't. I watch it all the if, time. If we were judging, you know, like uh, if the judging sport was which guy was smashing things the best, I would be less. I wouldn't be interested. Anything that involves judging i'm out out not, I not need a big them. mma not a big mma guy i hate it when it goes to the car i hate any time a fight goes to the cards i talk about it all the time like i hate that it's the worst thing in sports to have judges determine something have a set of rules if someone landed more punches they win that's it. That's the end of it. When every time what what always happens whenever any fight goes to the judges controversy exactly 
because it's nonsense. Because it's nonsense to have judges determine, we think you did better. Well, this guy thinks you did better. You know what that means? We know neither one of them did better. We know that. It's in the eye of the beholder. That's why sports are supposed to have scores and a point system, and someone wins, or it's a race, and the first person that finishes wins, and that's just the way that it goes. That's the concept of these types of things. It's like picking who had the best blueberry pie at the fair. They're all delicious blueberry pies. They're wonderful. People put lots of effort into them, and God bless, there is no world in which someone's blueberry pie was definitely better than someone else's blueberry pie nonsense it's like the grammy awards imagine imagine they gave what was it they gave steely dan best album know, the that, year that, that eminem had that record <laughs> stop it those are the people or, that are choosing or, who wins the, these olympic gold or medals or the or the or the band that you didn't even know they had the album out this year that won. Oh, a hundred percent. All of yeah. those things. A hundred percent. All right, I'm enough. I'm enough. Uh, you want to remind everybody about Underdog Fantasy Football? Yes. Uh, by the way, um, if you they're giving away the the free the free square uh, this week, Joe Burrow over under one passing yard. So if you have not gone and and. This is the great time to to, to join uh, Underdog Fantasy because you get the Joe Burrow thing for free. And if you go on at Underdog Fantasy uh, on Twitter, UnderdogFantasy.com, on the World Wide Web, uh, put in the code PRESSBOX when you join for the first time, uh, and we will match uh, up to $100 uh, of your first deposit. So so and remind me what the number, it was Joe Burrow and... Joe Burrow plus or minus... One passing. Well, I got a funny feeling he's going to get over that. I just uh, have, I'm going I'm to guess probably yeah, pretty early in the day. If I place that um, bet, he'd get sacked on the first play and then knocked game. out of the game, right? Well, yeah, no. well, that, there will be there will be a lot of loser loser boards on that case. But um, you can do great things like over under uh, that, that we just talked about. You know, it, Cooper Cup over a, over under 108 receiving yards in in the game, and and you match that with up to four other picks. Uh, you win 20 times your money, but uh, you could do it on three picks and win six times your money. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good thing, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and there'll be a lot of Super Bowl. There's a bunch of Super Bowl props uh, for this, and you can also do rivals. You can do 2022 uh, best ball for the NFL uh, if you're into that already, and NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball if they decide to play this year, uh, EPL, uh, that's soccer, folks. Um, and even golf over under a certain score. So it's a lot of fun. Head over now, uh, put in the code press box. And, uh, you know, it's a, I've had a ball for the NFL season. Can't wait to, to continue right along. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to pair over on Joe Burrow. I'm going to pair that with, Oh, I like, uh, I like 20.5 fantasy point. Uh, 20.5. Does that include PPR when they do it? When he, when it, it's, the, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's probably a half PPR. It's a half PPR. Mm. Yeah, mm. probably. All right, and what about I'm gonna go? I'm gonna do it with eight and a half receptions. I'm gonna do. Oh man, actually, I love that. Yeah, one. I went the over on the cup receptions. I I did do that. All right, I'm doing Burrow over, and I'm doing eight and a half on cup receptions, and I'm putting it in for. Uh, you can only go as high as twenty five dollars. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Uh, put it in. I'm gonna put it in for fifteen. 
and it'll pay okay. out forty-five dollars if it hits. That, that that's a that's a that's a good thing. There we go. There we go. It's in. I've made my bet with Underdog Fantasy Football right now. All right, here we go. We have reached the uh, the final pick of the season, and for the majority of the crew, it is irrelevant because uh, KZ was eliminated championship weekend. Uh, joining uh, John Proctor and Andrew Stecka, who had previously been eliminated. For what it's worth, um, Andrew Stecka is already the loser. We do know that with certainty. He's the loser, so he's coming in. He's got to fly across the country to hang out in studio, get his back waxed, um, and and eat a tarantula and sing Hero from Spider-Man. So that will occur at a, uh, at a date to be determined. Uh, John Proctor has clinched fourth, and he cannot finish 500, which was his new goal. KZ is a certainty for third place. And Kyle and I are tied at the top of the table, both 94 and 85 on the season. So let's get everybody else's picks out of the way, and then we'll get to Kyle and I's picks for the Super Bowl. So, Ken, we'll start with you. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But for the fun of it, what is your Super yeah. Bowl pick? Uh, what's My what's Super the number Bowl again? What, what hang on, uh, Paul? What number? Rams minus four. Rams minus four. I know the number's been a, a little bit different, different places. Obviously, we use the FanDuel numbers. Rams minus four is the number that we're using. Yeah, I, I, I've been I've been pretty consistent throughout uh, most of the regular season and and the playoffs with this. And uh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the four and take the Rams. I, I just. I said very early I thought they were the most balanced team in the NFL. Even they went through that little hiccup in the middle of the season. Um, you, you look at what they can do defensively. You worry about uh, the offensive line for Cincinnati against the defensive line for the Rams. And you worry about the secondary versus uh, versus Cooper Cup and, and Adele Beckham Jr. Um, I, I like how they're playing. Um uh, I throw out any mention of that it's a quote-unquote home game because yeah. they don't have home fans. Um, but uh, I, I like how they're playing. I think uh, I think they, they, they hold the trophy this year. All right. Uh, let's go uh, with John Proctor's pick. Took, took the Rams. Claims okay. he's been on them all along. All right. What about uh, Andrew Stecka? Andrew Stecka, who's, took, by the way, he's been hot in the playoffs. For what he's been hot. It's yeah. a good playoff. They have the best playoff record. It's it speaks to just how bad his season was that he has been <laughs> absurdly hot in the playoffs and yet he's still sixteen games back. <laughs> he took the Bengals. Ooh, Andrew Stecka goes with the Bengals. All right, so oh my, this is where we are. Um, I am going to write down who I'm taking. I'm going to scratch it out because I don't feel oh, – no, I'm sticking with it. That's what I'm doing. So what we're going to do is you're going to tell me who Kyle's taking, and then I will present – pens down, I can't change it – taking who I'm taking. I will present who it is that I'm taking for the sake of building the drama. Then we'll figure out if we need to, to go to the number after that. So just who is it that Kyle has picked in the game? Cincinnati. Okay, Kyle has picked Cincinnati. I'm actually a little bit surprised by that, if I'm being honest with I you. I was too. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, all right, well, so the question becomes, who am I taking? And I will tell you that I came on here last week and told everybody that would listen, I'm putting some money down on Cincinnati. And then Jeremy effing Kahn talked me out of it. So if I lose, <laughs> it's squarely on Jeremy Kahn, because I indeed have written down the word Rams. 
Rams is if, what I have written I down. Don't, if, I, if I remember correctly. Yes. From a year ago. Yes. Jeremy Kahn led you astray. Oh, the number the of times fight. that I've been led astray by Jeremy so I'm very, Kahn. I'm very interested. And, 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 and let me just say this about Mr. Kahn. Yes. He's better than this. At this yeah, there's no question about that. And he had a he had a okay. uh, he had a great betting weekend last great, weekend, yes. tremendous weekend. And he has he's had a great week this week. I didn't see what he did yesterday, but I know he's had a really good week this week. Um, that being said, I'm a little surprised you were you went down went that well down that well another time. Um, okay, it's the confidence by which he said it. Like he, okay. if you would have heard him on Monday, which again, always thank you for listening. Greatly appreciate it, Ken. Um, if you would have heard it on Monday, Jeremy, and he says he's been doing it on his own. I, of course, don't listen to Jeremy's show because that's what friends do. We don't listen to each other's shows. Um, he he alleges that throughout the last couple of weeks, he has been going on about how the Rams are going to blow out the Bengals, how this is not going to be a close game. How everything about this matchup reeks of the Bengals winning by a sorry the the Rams winning by a big number, and he's so confident in the way that he says it, right? That it makes me feel stupid. It makes me feel like, what am I missing here? This looks like a close game to me. This looks like a very competitive football game, and I have the chance to get points from the Bengals. Why wouldn't I do that? But the confidence with which Jeremy Khan speaks, okay, it goes to prove that I probably would have been vulnerable as a young man. I could have ended up in a cult because <laughs> yeah. all it takes. I mean, yeah. I agree with him. I agree with him. The only thing, the my only hesitation in that whole blowout thing, is I thought the same thing against the against the Forty ers Now I know that's a divisional thing, but all the little tracking things that we look at when we we like to see trends and right. stuff like that, all said, you know, people are going to still be on San Francisco. This is the Rams easy, and it's probably not going to be close. Um, and that's my only hesitation with, with saying, now I'm on the Rams. Um, it's only four points. Um, but I, I, I tend to agree with him. I, I, I where, where do, does, where does Cincinnati win? Like, like defensive line, offensive, like, where do they win? And I can't find it. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, but, I, but, maybe, somebody, the kicking, maybe the, maybe the, uh, certainly kicking, the kicking game. game. The but somebody would point know? out that, like, we've said that a couple other times already this postseason, right? Yeah, like, the, like yeah. their offensive line was supposed to doom them last week, and it didn't. Their offensive it was, line, it was. frankly, should have doomed them against Tennessee, and still they didn't lose the game, right? Like, I, the point that somebody would make is we've, we've, we've looked at these matchups on paper and said these don't bode well for the Bengals, and yet they've won anyway. Yeah, they so, won. And that's, and that that that's that's the whole that's the whole thing that that hesitates you from making that you know this should be a blowout because they haven't it, it, you know these things you're you're right you're exactly right I mean the the thing that you thought was going to doom them didn't doom them even when it sort of doomed them yep. <laughs> you know yep <laughs> you yep. know so so yeah yeah I'm I'm, I'm with you there all I'm right there. so there you go we don't even need to worry about pick or points. Because we have picked different sides of this. I am on... Oh, God, I'm so nervous about it. I am on the Rams. Kyle is on the Bengals. And that will determine who gets a very small amount of money. It's 
just not that much. It's uh, I think a total of hundred dollars. It's it's your own twenty five bucks and a hundred dollars from the other four. Like that's the total of what we're talking about right now, uh, when it comes to these picks. But you know, for the sake of drama, we figured we'd stretch it out. All right, KZ, um, at Fans Fantasy on Twitter is how people can follow you. And what kind of content will we find at PressBoxOnline.com? Uh, tomorrow you will, you will see all my lovely final NFL and, and underdog DFS picks. And then on Tuesday, it is draft season. There you go. There you and, go. And, and we will start pumping out two to three articles and try to get people – uh, to learn some names and excited about the draft as we we go on our. I've had a few people a try to journey. sell me on Jermaine Johnson over the last week. I've had a couple uh, of people really uh, push me hard on I, that. I, I know, I know, this isn't a popular take. Yeah, maybe the best edge edge rusher in the draft. I've I had, know he's not going that high. Really like that I've, kid. I love I've his, had, love his tape. I've love had what more and more week. people sell me on the idea of Jermaine Johnson. Uh, yeah, I, I. I if that's the kid they take at 14, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather them go offensive line, but I'm not going to be mad about it. All right. We'll talk more about it. we got plenty of time. we got months to plenty be discussing these By names. the way, can I – can I say one thing real quick yes. before you go? No, you're not. Oh, hey, on. I want to. I want to thank. Uh, by by the way, a big thank you to you because uh, uh, Pressbox wrote something about Tyler Beatty, and uh, they used that that tid that you gave me, which is he was going to be the first uh, a, a player in a friend school history to be drafted. Hey, thanks a lot for that. Uh, a, a hell of a sports information director you are, by the way. When we got corrected by the friends school because he wouldn't be the first player, so thanks Who a lot. Would be? I don't even remember. Who would be? I don't remember the guy's name. It was like somebody who was picked in the 14th round in 1968 or something like that. Really? Uh, so, so it's funny. It's funny because I was actually. This is what I was going to say to you all. Um, by the way, thanks for the thanks for the tip that you were doing the article on him. By the way, um, I didn't do it. Think, it was I found out the same no, time you did. All of a sudden, it's on. It's on. It's on press box, and somebody's like, "Did you do this?" I was like, "Well." I had a conversation. So I didn't know. I, didn't well, know I just brought it. I, oh, by the way, I believe. I believe he's actually going to be on the show tomorrow. If you want to stop by. Um, uh, yeah. I, eh, I, I, I'll, I'll talk, we'll I talk. We'll talk off the air. We'll talk off the air. Yeah, we'll talk um, off the air. But 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 it was like I, I asked because obviously I've been there for fourteen years now. Right. So I went back and asked, and I was like, you know, I think this is going to be the first. I mean, obviously, since I've been there and. Look, friends football is not the powerhouse. No, of uh, course not. They don't even have a program anymore. But we they won a championship in 1945. And that's the only one they've ever won in football. All right, here's um, here's the this came from Friend School. Thanks to our development team for the news that Tyler would become the second player drafted. Ah, Joe Cowan uh, was the first chosen by the Colts. Joe Cowan. Now I know in the, the funny thing in is the seventeenth round. Name. The seventeenth round. Yeah, which okay. was a thing. I. I would like to apologize. It's also funny that the school never even consulted me in any of this conversation. Yeah. But right. having said all that, I, I apologize to yeah. that. I missed the guy in the 17th round for the Thank, 68th Thanks round. a lot, I jerk. I do apologize. <laughs> By the way, but, for those that don't know, Ken has an official title at Friends. Official title. Yeah, I was. I, I thought I, I was speaking to a reputable source who was giving me this information about well, said young man. It just shows you how reputable a source it is. Yeah. I, I've not been cons- as as somebody who has been with Pressbox. I don't know how long now, maybe six years, and have been with friends. I have been 
consultant on neither side of any of this conversation. <laughs> so that's how much stroke I have in either place. Well, I got. I thought I was getting my information I, from the I, right man. I and thought I, I was. will. I will sincerely apologize. And right. but, but right. super kid, send me a fruit basket, please. Send me yeah, something send like man. that. All right, uh, love you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, pal. Okay, take care. KZ, joining us here on GCR. Yeah, Tyler Beatty scheduled to join the program tomorrow. Uh, Missouri running back, who would be the second player ever drafted from the Friends School and is expected to be. He had a a great week down at the uh, Senior Bowl last week. He is expected to hear his name called fairly early in the NFL draft, so he is scheduled to join us tomorrow. All right, we roll along. Today's show also brought to you by this. We really are in the nitty-gritty. Next Wednesday is officially the day. For the next print issue of PressBox to hit newsstands, Wednesday the 16th. So this is it. Final day is for you to go get the best of issue, which is still available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read it all. PressBoxOnline.com slash best of. I actually would rather, like, it. I don't really care. Uh, it's $100 is not going to change my, my world in any way, right? Maybe I'd, I'll donate it to somebody or something like that. Um, so I'm not really sweating it out. I remember what this was like sweating out losing, like sweating out when your final pick is going to come down, when the Super Bowl is going to determine who's going to be the one that has to pay the price. I think the Bull Balls was one that came down to the final, and it made the experience miserable. Like it was a miserable night for me watching. And I, I want to, was that the, I want to say that was the Kansas City San Francisco game, maybe. Like I could not, I, I didn't even want to look at the TV. <laughs> like I just hated the fact that something like that was at stake. This will be no sweat whatsoever. I will not care. At no point during the game, I, I get, I'm not really rooting for the Rams. I think it's the better outcome of the two, right? And maybe that played a factor into why Jeremy was able to convince me to bet the Rams. Um, but I won't, I won't even think about it as the game's going on, right? If something thrilling occurs during the game, there's some you know David Tyree-esque magical play that happens during the game. There will not even be a thought in the back of my head like, ah, crap! I'm I picked the Rams. That really hurts their chances of covering because it's hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not, and it's not money that I bet. Uh, I guess that's not true. I guess because I am putting twenty five dollars in, but I don't know. It doesn't. It won't impact me the same way that that the other side would. The other side is I cannot enjoy myself. I I can't. We went. My 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 buddy is the uh, the the director of the uh, veterans department at um, Towson University, and they host a big event uh, for the Super Bowl every year. And you know, I I like to support them, so I bought a couple tickets. Proctor and I went out for that game. That was the San Francisco Kansas City game. And I'm telling you, I didn't look at the screen for like a quarter at the mm. time. Like I couldn't do it because I had this just pit of my stomach feeling. And I don't remember if that was the bull balls or something else. I feel like it might have been something else. I can't even remember all the penalties I've had to pay over the years. There have been so effing many of them. You have to eat... How many bull balls did did you What did I do last September? What was the... Oh, I was supposed to be a pound of them. I couldn't... I physically couldn't do it. Oh, my God. I couldn't get anything more into my... One or two. No, I was supposed to eat a pound of bull balls. And I just realized that, like... I ate like six of them or something like, and then were they at least fried. Oh yeah, they were. They, uh, our buddy uh, Tim from Bel Air did them on the air fryer. He did a, I'm sure, as good of a job as you possibly could have done. It was still a miserable experience eating them. Like just, there's no taste. They're just chewy. That's oh. it. That's all it is. They just just chewy forever. And then at some point, my I physically couldn't get any more food into my body. 
Like, it just was not, I could not get anything. If you had offered me fried pickles, if you had offered me something I loved, here's a, here's a piece of cheese. I couldn't physically put any more into my body at some point, and so I just had no choice. I had to, to tap out at that point. I couldn't get through what the entire What was the penalty pound. for tapping out? I think they all saw what, I think they all were sort of like, dude, you're good. <laughs> like, you've yeah. eaten a lot of bull balls. <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> like, you can't, it's not a question of whether or not, like, you've attempted to pull this off. It would be like if I said to somebody, you got to eat 15 pounds of something. Like, they couldn't possibly do that. Right. It, it's, it's, there's no way. I, God, I wish I could remember what it was. I had to pay another one off. And this is the San Francisco, Kansas City one. I had to pay another one off. And it, I just literally did it last year. And I can't, for the life of me, remember what it was. Was it the the mayonnaise and something? I remember seeing something. something oh, like peanut butter mayonnaise sandwich. Peanut yeah. butter, yes, is exactly what it was. It was the peanut butter mayonnaise sandwiches. So maybe it wasn't that Super Bowl. Maybe it was last year's Super Bowl. I just remember there being a Super Bowl where I physically couldn't look at the screen mm-hmm. because I was so... I don't think you'd be like that sickened. over peanut butter and mayonnaise. Oh, sandwich. no, no, no. It, you, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no clue what you're saying. This was the worst thing that I've ever experienced. Really? I spent... 30 minutes puking. There were six sandwiches, and they were gross. Mayonnaise sucks. It's awful. I'm never going to get the opportunity to work the Duke's Mayo Bowl because I could never say something nice about mayonnaise. <laughs> it's horrendous. I love it. I wanted to die. I would rather do another drinking show than do that show again. I will never participate that, and that's definitely the one. When that was the penalty, I wanted to be dead. <laughs> I wanted to be dead. And I watching that Super Bowl was just god awful. I think I'm going to try atrocious. when I get home just to see. You, no, you got to remember what the you, you can't you could not replicate what I had to do. It was I'll a, pull up I'll pull up the ad. There were six maybe different just to taste it. I you're not going to you're not going to be able to replicate the feeling. It was one Oh, I also had to drink a a friggin a liter of birch beer during the course of the the You're not a birch well. beer guy. Birch beer's delicious and i feel like we should normalize but after a certain point it was just creating hell inside there was a war going on inside my body burpy soda yeah there was a lot of that and then that was making me retaste the peanut butter mayonnaise all of it oh god were there different variations or just all peanut butter yeah no there was a bunch of different accoutrement on every sandwich every sandwich something was like one of them was um onions and salami and and hard-boiled egg Another one was uh, raisins and carrots. Like there was different accoutrement on every peanut butter mayonnaise sandwich. It was hell, <laughs> hell, hell. Did they let you tap out? Tap out of that one? No, I had to finish all six sandwiches. I had to finish all six of them, and wanted to die. And I'm not kidding. I spent 30 minutes. I looked at everybody because uh, Tim was here and somebody else was here, and I looked and I said, "God bless you. I have to excuse myself." And I spent 30 minutes in that bathroom puking. Puking. like, And it just was wretched. <laughs> hope you guys are enjoying your lunch. Hope you guys are watching the show this morning. I hope you're enjoying your lunch. All right. Uh, when we come back in, Chigakonkwo is going to join us. Maryland tight end. We're talking a little NFL draft. He is certainly someone who's going to hear his name called in the draft. And it's official as of yesterday. He's headed to the combine. We'll talk to him about all that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 11.30. Vandal Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even to offer a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Vandal Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and watch at YouTube.com slash press box online. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Battle Round. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Um, yes, uh, Paul just showed this to me. Rob Manfred is talking to the media apparently this morning as the word that came out last night is the side's going to get back together on Saturday and there is some optimism. Of course, we've heard that a couple other times and it didn't lead to anything, but there's some optimism about where they're headed. Uh, Rob Manfred essentially not saying much as he meets with the media today, saying um, not making any sort of change to spring training right now, believes that whenever they do get a deal done, it would only take about a week in order to get everybody to spring training. So you could say they still have time. Obviously, the dates that pitchers and catchers report, not all that significant, right? Like you could just sort of say everybody's reporting on the same date, and then we're going to go play some games. Like you don't have to move games even if you're going to miss, what was the first date that a pit, that pitchers and catchers were going to report? It was going to be next Monday, right? Mon- yeah, Monday. Monday was the first date where any pitchers and catchers would report. So even if no pitchers and catchers report on Monday, that doesn't, if they agreed to something on Saturday, or even if it was another week, they could still get all of the players to spring training in time for games to start. The secondary part, we talked about this a lot, it really doesn't matter mostly whether they have a full spring training or not. And as I say that, I always give the caveat of it matters a lot in those communities. In those communities in Florida and Arizona, it matters a ton. It is a huge moneymaker for those communities. Anybody who's ever been down to Sarasota, like it 
it breathes life into that community when spring training baseball is going on. It is a Saturday spring training baseball game is a mob scene at those parks. Um, some of the midweek week games are mob scenes at those parks. They are packed crowds. Um, it, it's it's more similar to like Triple A baseball at that point. Like you know, for example, my Single A baseball breathes life into Aberdeen, but Aberdeen is a small place, right? Triple A baseball breathes life into real cities, Indianapolis, Buffalo, places like that. Like Triple A baseball breathes real life into those cities. When there's a Nashville, when there's a game going on, it's a big deal in those communities because it's a ten thousand person event that you're talking about. That's like a, a concert. That's like a any event that 10,000 people attend is a massive community gathering, no matter what it is, whether it's a festival, whatever it might be. Minor league baseball is a big deal. Spring training baseball in those places is, is, is huge. There are businesses that make their nut during those months because... There are visitors to the community. There is tourism money that's being spent. It's massive. So I say it doesn't really matter, and I mean that. Like, for the majority of people, who cares if you end up lopping off a week of spring training games? Well, in those communities, they'll care. It, it'll be a big deal to lose any spring training whatsoever, so it'll be a bummer for them. We, of course, aren't one of those communities, so it's not nearly as important to us. Our priority is, are you playing games in April, right? Like, that's what matters to sliders and what matters to pickles and what matters to downtown businesses is will there be baseball games being played that people will be going to and will we get 162 of them 81 of them at home so we'll see again there's there's some optimism about these talks that are going to happen on saturday and and look i hope i hope they're right i hope paul ends up being right and uh, the game the orioles play a game on march 31st i hope that's the case we never decided on a penalty for that we did not decide. Got to get on that. We got to get on that a penalty for that because I basically can't lose. So I need to know. Well, you I, can because April first is a scheduled off day. Right, but if they play on April second, then I'm closer than than you are. Uh, I basically yeah. can't lose. You guys really screwed up by letting me the th- be the third person to picked. I, mean, I can't lose. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. One of you is going to be further away than me. I don't think we decided on the order. You I guys just <laughs> yelled out dates, and I was the last person to get one. I was about like an idiot. I was, I was trying to remember what I was going to put down. I was going to put down some random date, and then I'm like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Just pick a date between those two, and I'm good. I can't lose. So I need a penalty because I can't be the one to pay it. It's a bet between you and Forrester at this point. I nailed this. This was the smartest moment of my life yesterday. Day, realizing I should bet the way that I did. I will eat a peanut butter mayonnaise oh, salami you onion. You're, and you're excited about it. You <laughs> want to do it. And Forrester won't do that because it involves mayo. All right. Uh, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule is he is training and getting ready for the NFL draft, but always appreciate an opportunity to catch up with Chigakonkwo right here on Glenn Clark Radio. Let's talk a little NFL draft right now. Joining us, a man that we've caught up with a few times over the years. He, of course, a former tight end at the University of Maryland. He was out at the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl last week showing off, turning heads. He's getting ready for the NFL Combine as it's official. He's going to be there in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks. He is Chig Aconquo, and he's back with us here on GCR. Chig, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. 
Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. Hey, how much, how great was Vegas, man? It seemed like it was a pretty great week for you. Everybody's talking about you, making nonchalant touchdown catches. Like it seems like that was a great experience for you. Yeah, man. It was it was fun getting out there, getting to you know ball in front of the coaches, you know, getting to learn how offenses work with the NFL coaches, and just you know being around a lot of great players. Definitely a fun experience all around. Best thing, best thing that you learned from anyone or picked up during the course of your experience out there at the Shrine Bowl. Um, just picked up that you know, I feel like the best thing I learned out there is just I don't have to worry about learning the offense when I go to a league. I know that I'll be able to do it pretty easily. Just because of what you already know from the University of Maryland. Yeah, just from what I learned from there, and then you know how like picks like how quick we picked it up you know, oh, okay yeah getting into it. we only had like three days to learn it and you know just using the way i did it was i would just change the terminology of their plays to ours because like our playbook was like pretty much exactly the same got so you whenever they would have a play you know they'd call it something like uh 34 and i'll be like okay in my head i know that's bronco for us so i'll just be like okay I'm going to think of that as Bronco. Gotcha. Like, 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 oh, yeah, okay, 22 double was one of their calls. I'll be like, okay. And just, like, judging by the picture, I saw that it was, like, the our same play called Iron, but it's a power play. So I'll just think when I hear 22, I think Iron. When I hear 23, I think Steel. And just like that, that's the way I was just going. About wow, wow. That's actually book. fascinating, man. It, it's, yeah. like, for a lot of people, it sounds like, you know, you're picking up a different language, right? But, like, it's just not all that dissimilar, you know what I mean? Like, you can Yeah, you football can go, on every level, man, is, is I, Realize now it's just the same. It's just the same plays, different different terminology. That's cool. That's really really cool. Chick Conquo with us here on GCR. Chick being out there and um, you know getting the invite to the combine and and being on the cusp of what's going to be a, a pro career for you. Uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with your backstory and what you went through um, over the course of the last couple of years and and a, and a significant health scare during the course of the pandemic. Um, do you have more appreciation? Does it mean more to a little bit more to you being at this place right now after having gone through all the things that you've been through? Uh, yeah, definitely it does. But I've always expected to be in this uh, situation at the end of my college career. So for me, it's kind of like what I expected it to be. I, I definitely do have a, a more profound appreciation for the game. I appreciate and how, that. I, how I go about my business. Sure, like knowing this is this was always the plan, right? Like this was yeah. always where you were going to end up. Um, Chig, going through a season like this and having it play out the way that it did, not only for you personally, but for the team. You know, getting to the bowl game. You know, kicking the crap out of Virginia Tech in the bowl game. Um, how pleasant was that for you as a final taste of college football and your experience at Maryland again? given, you know, just an overwhelming amount that not only you, but, but everybody went through over the course of the last four years. Yeah, man, it was just amazing. It was just like the cultivation of, you know, everything we went through, all of our hard work, and to finally, you know, just get over the hump, get over 500, you know, finally get to a bowl game, and, you know, just win the bowl game and have like a perfect game in the bowl game. Right. We were talking all year to have like a perfect, have a perfect game, and we feel like we never had that during the season, but, you know, we got to the bowl game, we played great on all three phases of football, so... It was great to, you know, finally have that game as well and then you know, make all the cool memories with the guys, you know, in New York City and, you know, just set the set the tone for, you know, what Maryland football can be over the next few years. I'm just happy that we got to do that. Now, what you just said there is really important to me, and I talked to a lot of guys who sort of echoed that, like that, that you've laid something now. There's, there's a 
foundation. It's a standard, for, yeah. Right, right. And is that what you guys feel like that you've done for the years to come at the University of Maryland? That like, okay, we've paved the way. Now you guys can go build off of this. For sure, man. It's like now that we like now that we've got to the bowl game. Like, every year it should be expected. Mm. Every year, everybody should expect every single year that we're going to a bowl game. That should just be the expecting of it, and then. That's like the bare minimum. That's our standard now. So it's like now every single year we're striving for even better than that. I, like I can't that. wait to see, man, what these guys can do over the next few years. I'm going to be watching every single time. I'm excited for them. That's really cool. I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Chiga Conqua with us here on GCR. Chiga, I referenced you're headed to the Combine. Uh, you, Nick Cross as well, headed to the Combine. What do the next couple of weeks look like? This is so much different than like preparing for a football game. You know, <laughs> like What do the next couple of weeks look like? What is your focus for what it is that you want to show off while you're out there in Indianapolis? Uh, this is going to be the training that we've been doing for the past, you know, like eight weeks. So it's going to be just that. And then just keep doing what we're doing. and We'll be fine. My, my focus personally is the 40 because I know that's going to be what makes me the money. So just showing guys that I'm, I'm trying to be like, you know, one of the fastest items there, if not the fastest. I feel like I can do that. What's, what's, uh, what's your target number? What are you trying to run? Oh, can't tell you that, but we'll we'll see. It's gonna be a fast time. Do Do you have like a fastest time that you've posted like in at, at this point? Oh uh, no, I haven't. We haven't tested yet. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the show, man. Like you know, Vernon Davis ran a pretty fast forty once upon a time. You know, like there's a history of guys at the University of Maryland that have been able to do something along those lines. Of course, obviously, the many receivers over the years that have posted insane forty times. Yep. Um, Chick, I was I was reading something um, Brett Coleman wrote about you recently on on Twitter and sort of said, I'm looking at this draft and I see Chigakonkwo as a guy who could be the next Kyle Juszczyk, right? And I and I thought about that and I said, wow, that's really interesting to me because you know we've seen so much of what you do downfield, obviously. Do you feel like maybe there's an element to your game of what you can do in the backfield that you can also bring to the next level that can make you an even more complete player, somebody who's even more unique at the next level than just a downfield pass catcher? Yeah, I'm definitely probably the most unique tight end prospect in this class, I feel like, just because I've had to play in every single role in offense. I played out wide, I played in the slot, I played with my hand in the dirt, I played a running back, I played in the wing. So I feel like I definitely have those capabilities to definitely, you know, play that type of role. But I feel like my, you know, best role would definitely be still playing tight end. Sure. For sure. But I know for a fact if I'm playing when I'm playing the league, I'm definitely gonna be in, in the same positions that I was, you know. Now you given your yeah, given your size, I'm gonna think that you're gonna be a guy that's gonna be counted on to score some touchdowns at the next level the way that you did this yeah, season. Sure. I'm gonna guess that's gonna be a role that you have in mind. Um, uh, Chick, your journey, right? Like, has it started? Have you had a moment yet where you've like had to pinch yourself? Like, boy, I'm, 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 I'm just about there. It, it, or does it not become real to you until you actually like, put on a uniform this fall and you're playing in the NFL? Um, it's weird because like my goal, like always, wasn't you know to make the NFL. So it was always you know playing the NFL. So I guess it's gonna it's gonna happen once I start playing in the NFL. Yeah, I get that. For a while, long like from I guess from the time let's see, from the time I got my first offer in high school, I knew I was going to the NFL. So it's like, and actually, matter of fact, from the time I was a kid, I knew I was going. So it's like for me, it's like playing and you know, playing big time football in the NFL, like winning playoff games, like you know, winning you know, playing in the league for over five, you know, 
maybe even 10 years. That That's, like, my main goal. So now that I know, like, I'm, I'm definitely going now, and now my goal is, you know, to make the most of it when I get there. That's a great point, right? Like, it's you're not just there to be a tourist. You're not just there to be happy to be there. Like, you, you, you want to be there for a long time, and you want to accomplish a lot of things during the course of your NFL yeah. career. Making it doesn't guarantee that you'll be there for a while. It's what you do after, so that's what I'm focusing on. Um, I saw you tweet recently about, are you, are you a gamer, Chig? Yeah, I'm a gamer. So, like, is, is that something that you take seriously? Like, I saw you tweeting about Boston Scott, who like is is like literally a professional gamer now, on top of being a hell of a football player. Are are you like that good that you could do that as well? <laughs> See, I'm not. No, like, no, I'm not that good. Where he's okay, point six percent of his game. Like, I play League of Legends, so like that's like the number one game you know, in the world. Yep. But yeah, no, the highest rank in that game is like challenger and. uh I'm gold, so there's there's, there's no shot. I'll be I'll, I'll make it high, but It goes like um, iron, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master, grandmaster, oh, and challenger. So you're a so ways yeah, away. For you to even have a chance to be on a pro team, you'd have to be like okay, the top of challenger, and that, I'll never hit that. All right, I, I would imagine you're probably a little bit distracted right now. Like you don't really have a whole lot of yeah, time to yeah. focus. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> on League of Legends, like it'll always be there, you know, uh, in the moments that you have time. But you know, probably not the thing that you're going to be able to spend a whole lot of time on. Um, what yeah, what does life What does life look like right now? What is a day to day? Like, is it legitimately twelve hours a day? Like, just just driven focus. This is all that I'm doing until now in the draft. Heck no! Literally the most chill time of my life. I think I've ever had. Really. It's you wake up, you know, wake up at like six, go hit my first session, speed, come back in the afternoon, hit our weights, um, get massage, PT, stretch, anything you need, then uh, go home for the rest of the day and chilling. That's awesome. Wait, wait, where are you working out at? XP Sports in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Man, it doesn't seem like a bad place to be right about now. It beats being in College Park at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got some nice weather down here. I was going to say. 35. 75, 80 degrees every day. So I, you know, you yeah, say I'm definitely that. Enjoying it. It's supposed to be 60 this weekend up here. So you know, uh, we're, oh, we're that's a little better. Yeah, right. We're we're ready to start going to the beach. <laughs> like, one. Yeah, I was at the beach in the last week. I mean, this weekend, the mm, past weekend. So. Mm, mm, tough life, Chig. Real tough life that you're living <laughs> down there. Hey, uh, Chig. Before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time. Um, your experience with Coach Loxley, and and what that has meant to you these last few years, and and why maybe more players should be considering Maryland as the path for them that can get them the opportunity to live out their dreams the way that you're about to live out your own. Yeah, man, definitely feel like a lot of kids, you know, especially in the DMV area, they need to, you know, consider Maryland a lot more because a lot of them like leaving, but it's like everything you want is right here at home, you know, with Coach Lots and then, you know, with our, our great facilities now, you know, we have a ton of great players on the team, like, we have everything you need, you know, to make it to the league. You see, we have guys come out every single year, you know, make it to the NFL. So it's not like you need to go go out here, go to these, you know, you know, maybe these bigger schools. Like everything you need is right here at home in Maryland. Like you'll get developed by the by the best of the best. You get to play against the best of the best in the Big Ten. You know, we're playing against all the best teams in the Big Ten East. We have, you know, all these resources here for you, and especially in this, and it's a big marketable area, and you know, the D.C. Baltimore area. So it's like everything you need is right here, man. So 
for real, like the rec- young recruits need to, you know, just just trust in you know Log's vision, trust in Maryland's vision, and then you know this team will be at the top of the Big Ten, you know, very soon. Now, Chig, it was a lot of fun watching you play these last few years, man, and 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 knowing what you had been through to get you back out on the field this season, have you accomplished what you did, man? It's an incredible story. I know it's at Chig tweets on Twitter is how people can follow you. What about on Instagram? Sure. Where are they giving you a follow there? Instagram at d one dot chig at d one dot chig. Give him a follow there as well. Chigaconqua, man. Best of luck over these next couple of weeks. I have to tell you this. This is just the reality of our circumstances. We're going to be happy for you no matter what. Just you know, and I know there's a lot of connection right now between Maryland and the Steelers. Just understand. If that's what it ends up being, please don't be offended by the things that we say about you. We promise we still love you. We just don't mean it. It's just it's just the way that it works, right? Like, you just got to understand that, all right? okay? No, I understand that rivalry, man. All right, Chig, thank you for taking the time for us, brother. Best of luck, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Chig Azima Conquo, former Maryland tight end and uh, now getting ready for the NFL draft. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning as uh, it is official that he is headed to the scouting combine in Indianapolis. If you missed it yesterday, Simply the Bets is available for you. You can listen to it in the archives, or you can go watch it right now at uh, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We do it every Wednesday. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Um, their FanDuel Sportsbook GM, Bruce Billick, and Aaron Oster from VEASAN checked in with us to try to help us make some bets Get all that information that you need to make your own bets by watching or listening to Simply the Bets every Wednesday morning at 11.30 a.m. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit, we'll get two-bit, or wind things down for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGAMBLER. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Uh, back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Thursday edition of the program. Uh, I'm trying to, I feel like, I, I swear to God, I had things that on my way in this morning. I'm like, we need to cover this because we didn't cover it. We need to cover this. We didn't talk about it. We need to cover this. And I le- just, le- I ended up ranting about um, whatever. And I just have <laughs> utterly forgotten about it. We never really talked about the Ravens ticket price thing yesterday. Um, the Ravens are raising ticket prices, the average cost being about 9%. Um yeah, the statement they put out uh, from Baker Koppelman, revenue generated through your valued investment allows us to sign and retain players who will help the Ravens contend at the highest level, and it provides the kind of stadium experience you deserve and expect. We are committed to ongoing enhancements to your game day experience, which over the next several years will include a long-term capital improvement plan for M&T Bank Stadium to keep it vibrant well into the future. Um... I don't really know what to say about it, right? The argument has always been, well, you know, they, they don't do it every year. They only do it every other year. Well, th- at some point, there has to be a cap to these things. Mm-hmm. At some point, there mu- like, there's a general inflation problem. That's really that's the part they can't speak about, right? The, the cost of signing players is no different. It's based on how much money the teams make as a whole, right? They're making the money to sign the players. So that I'm not trying to knock Baker because Baker's a good guy, and I, I think he does a very good job. But that's nonsense. Like, the the, the, the way that we determine what the salary cap is is based on how much money the teams make. So the cal- salary cap is set by the money that you know that you have, not mm-hmm. by money that you might make. Th- this is not the money that goes to signing players. This is the money that's necessary for operating costs. And the reason why the operating costs are going up is the same reason everything's going up in the world, which is inflation's out of control. And we all know that. It's affecting, it's affecting all of us. Um, it's, it's a disaster. So... Is it disingenuous to say it's about signing players? Yes, it's disingenuous, but I also get it, right? Like you're it's a weird thing where like I don't love that people lie, but sometimes I also understand that like it's just easier to do that than it is to try to get into the nitty gritty and explain the way that businesses work. It's easier to say, Well, we need you to be on board with us. You want us to go out and sign players, right? This is the way that we go about doing it. It's not true. That's not that's not true. You've got operating costs as an organization. And you employ a lot of people that have nothing to do with the football team. Like, the Ravens have become a massive employer in the community. Um, And in order to employ all of those people, like, you have to be making a profit. And the ability to make a profit is more difficult because everything, the the cost of everything has gone up. The cost of having food in the cafeteria for the players and the employees has gone up. The cost of everything is higher than it's been in the past. So they've got to make that up. They would also, you know, again, if you if you stuck the, the the truth serum in them, they would also say, look, you know, even if even if we didn't have to cover inflation costs, we have to stay competitive pricing wise with other teams. We can't watch ticket prices go up around the NFL and have ours be 
distinctly less because there's a system here. We have to help our partners. And if the Panthers raise ticket prices, we can't allow them to be hung out to dry by somebody saying, well, the Ravens don't do it because we're all partners here. So all of our ticket prices have to be competitive with each other so that we don't throw anybody else under the bus, so that we don't end up outing the Bears or the the Bengals or whoever it is as being bad, greedy people when they're our partners. 32 NFL teams are all working together. We are not competing against each other other than on the football field. We all want to make our revenue and if they're raising their ticket prices, we got to raise our ticket prices too. That's the way this works cuz you know, you want to it's collusion. It's we're all we are all working together. In the same way frankly that like a lot of industry will do this. Where there's this dirty little secret that's like, hey, are, look at gas prices, right? There's no one gas station that's like we're going to slash our prices in order to beat everybody. Mm-hmm. They're it, not going to do that. Like the difference in 10 cents at the at the lowest one. Correct. So, um and they're not even working together. Not all of them. Um, I don't love it. And I, we're running out. This is a bigger problem the Ravens and everybody in all of professional sports has to deal with. Is the live experience keeps getting worse in comparison to the home experience. We've talked about this for a decade and a half now. And you're not closing that gap. When I rave and rant about the fact that every stadium that gets built moving forward should have a roof on it. It's because you're now asking me to pay even more money for a season that extends on into January, and it's going to be miserable to go to the football game, and there's a chance that the quarterback doesn't play, and there's a chance that the game doesn't mean anything. But you're telling me now, not only do I have to pay the money up front, I've got to pay more money for that. That bubble has to burst at some point. What if it came with a free hot dog? Ah, that would help. I'm not going to say it doesn't help. But the bubble has to burst to say we're making improvements. We're making it's it's noise. How are you preventing me from having to stand in the effing cold for five hours on a Sunday when the team stinks? Are you going to guarantee that if that plays out, I get my money back? These are the types of things that teams have not had to deal with. But slowly but surely, it's inching towards that. You see it every December in cold-weather cities. Even good teams don't have full stadiums for every game. And again, at the moment, overwhelmingly, people still say it's still a good investment for me to have my season tickets. Overwhelmingly. But the bubble is going to burst at some point. When it is, I don't know. But there will be a burst. You can only do this forever. Obviously, the bad teams, the bubble burst a long time ago. In Washington, the bubble burst you know, a decade ago. It's going to continue to burst in places where you keep asking for more money, when people aren't making more money, and when they keep realizing how much better the experience of watching football is at home than being at the game. It's going to burst. It's going to come. The more significant things to do, tell me how you're going to make the in-game experience better. Tell me what you're... If I pay more for my tickets, don't say, well, we're still making improvements or we're going to have a better video screen or we're going to have more animatronic birds flying around, whatever the F it is. Tell me about how you're going to have heated seats. Let's talk about things that will actually impact my experience at going to the game. Not the pomp and circumstance. Not we're going to bring out Cheap Trick to play a concert. Nothing against Cheap Trick. Nothing to say 
don't do that. It's to say, how are you going to start matching the home experience at the game? What are you going to do in order to make me more inclined? Because 20-year-olds will always go to games. 20-year-olds don't know that it's cold outside. But me, the guy that's you know making money, doing well for myself, and has money to spend, but realizes when I get to d- December, I don't want to go to the games anymore. For the most part, I've typically said, ah, whatever, I'll just start giving the tickets to somebody else. But at some point, the more money you're asking for me, the more likely I am to decide that's not worth it any longer. How are you trying to meet me? What are you doing for that? And it's no knock on your augmented reality or whatever you want to call all of the things you do before the game. God bless you. You know, Create a nice game day experience. But what are you doing when it's miserable outside? How are you telling me I should come to the game and I should spend my money that way when I know I can sit at home? That's the part that I want answers to. And as of right now, the answer has been video board. The answer has been we're going to upgrade the sound system and all that's well and good. Like Nobody's saying don't do those things. Have a great video board, have a great sound system. But what about the misery of a December football game? Specifically, what are you doing about that? And for some of you, the answer is, oh, tough up. Are you a fan or not? <laughs> Man up. Because you don't realize how stupid you are. Try and get me to go to that miserable Raven Steelers game week, in week 17. or we, I'm sorry, week 18 this year. Tyler Huntley is playing Tyler quarterback. Tyler playing. And I'm, I'm sure that's something I want to do. Ben Roethlisberger, who can't throw anymore, is on the field. Tell me that that's... I'm sure that, that's some, I'm sure that it, it makes me less of a man that I am choosing that I'm not going to spend five th- hours of my day doing that. 37 degrees and raining. Yeah, yeah tell me I'll, to man up. I'll pass. I'll if, it, if it's for the division, pass. okay. But. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, very good. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel, of course. That's the place to be on Sunday for the big game. Live betting, of course, in-game. There is nothing quite like it. The atmosphere is insane. And you can win your share of $10,000 cash just by signing up for live rewards while you're at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. New Live Rewards members can also receive up to $20 in free play just by signing up. Sign up by March 31st, 2022 because the cash drawings are on April 1st. Live Casino and Hotel, the FanDuel Sportsbook, it is the place to be. All right, this tidbit is Glenn-centric. We can call oh. it Glentric. Oh, since you Ooh, are a, I like it. a Phoenix Suns fan, I forty-four am a Suns and fan. ten. The Phoenix Suns. They got the Bucks tonight. That's a biggie. It is a big one. The Phoenix Suns hold the NBA's best record a season after losing to the Bucks in the NBA Finals Thanks for the last reminder. season. A-hole. The Suns, <laughs> the Suns have such a good record in part because of multiple long winning streaks. Their eighteen-game winning streak earlier this season was the eleventh longest in league history. Their recent twelve-game streak put them in some rare company as they are now the thirtieth team in NBA. history history to have multiple win streaks of at least 11 games. If you're asking me who the other ones are, I'm not I mean I'm going to guess the Warriors and the Bulls. Well, su- um, <laughs> surprisingly, only 13 of those other 29 teams went on to win the NBA championship. The Warriors did not. They I know not. that. You are correct. They lost they had a they had a 3-1 lead, they blew it. Um of those 29 teams, only 3 managed to put together a third such streak. In the same season. Zero chance. And of those three teams, only one won the championship. The 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 Bulls that won 70 games. No. How would I never know this? How would I pop? I'm just going to start naming teams. The Spurs. No. The 
The Lakers. The 99-2000 Lakers. They are the team that won the championship. Okay. Is that it? Uh, there's two more teams. Oh, okay. There's two more teams. Oh. Is that it? Just one. How would I know these? The 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 Cavaliers. No. The Heat. No. The Rockets. No. This is terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the Rockets. Hey! 2017-18 Houston no. Rockets. No, 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 no. Uh, the Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. You got it back to back. The 0607 Dallas Mavericks. Just also, teams, did man. Not win the I, championship. How the f am I gonna know that? Oh, that's the team that lost to the Heat, right? Wait, oh, what year was it? 0607. Uh yes, the 0607. Yeah. They did not lose, they didn't to the lose the Heat. That was the year before they, they, they lost they, to the Heat. They beat the Heat that the the first year. No, they lost in to the Shaquille O'Neal Heat in the finals. Oh, I thought you were talking then about. Then they beat the Heat with LeBron. when LeBron James, but they lost to a Shaq Dwayne Wade Heat team. In the finals, but I don't remember. I think that was 0506, if I remember correctly. They, they, that that Heat team that with LeBron on it, they had it coming. Making fun of Dirk Nowitzki for being sick, and then he goes out and just torches. But they you. won. The the Mavericks won the first time that they played with, the Heat. Oh, you mean with LeBron? Yeah, the, the, not, I said the right, LeBron, the, team. LeBron team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, I mean, that was when we were all rooting openly against because we were we were all still mad about LeBron. The decision. You know the, the way that he did it as if. There was something wrong with good players wanting to get together. Like it was that he put on a whole NBA special. I've, I've never, it's you've never, you've never able to get me to be bothered about it specifically. Like I was rooting against LeBron just sort of because it was the fun hip thing to do, but I never actually cared about that. I've never cared about people that still are mad about Kevin Durant. Like I'll never be mad about it. Like players can go wherever they want to go. They can do whatever they want to do, and we judge players by winning championships. So why wouldn't they want to try to win championships? This is nonsense. Like this nonsense where. You're not allowed to go try to win championships. Nobody has ever been mad about Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce getting together in Boston. They didn't put on a TV special to announce that they were going. Kevin Durant didn't either. But yet we're, everybody still hates Kevin Durant because he went to the Warriors. Nobody's mad about Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Everybody's mad at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant they, was a far superior player to th- them. This, but this is the point. There's some sort of rule that we've come up with that's, that there's no way to define it to try to justify the fact that what Kevin Durant did was wrong where it was fine for other super, superstar players to get together in, in a certain place. Somehow it was uniquely wrong for Kevin Durant, but it was okay for other players to want to be together on good teams. It's nonsense. I'm not saying that it was wrong. If you want to go win a championship, go win a championship. But I feel like the difference is LeBron went to Miami and he said, Hey, Bosh, come join me with, with, with D Wade. And, you know, Jordan had Pippen and like that they, like they, they came to him. Whereas with with Durant, he went out west to join an already good team because he couldn't do it on his own. That's, I think that's how people look at it. So they're kind of hating on him because you were the best player in the world. And so is you it your responsibility it? to to try to make up for what your front office isn't capable of doing? No, this is it, why it's no, nonsense. It's, it's not. It, it is nonsense. It's but, utter but that's how people view it. Nonsense. If you want to say that, like, um, when you judge the greatest players of all time against each other, you think that somebody else was greater than Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant had better teams around him when he won championships. Fine, I guess. But I don't know who you're talking about. But it's 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 also like, because of the fact that the Warriors were already so freaking good. And then he went there, and I think people were just already hating on the Warriors for being so freaking good, and now you're going to add Durant, so it was a mutual hate on both sides. It's, non- such, it's all such nonsense. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by the CIAA Tournament, which, of course, is coming to Royal Farms Arena right here in Baltimore. 
See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Rofo Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournaments, February 22nd through 26th. Get your tickets now, CIAAtournament.org. That's CIAAtournament.org. Busy evening, a lot going on at Totally Tubular-wise, including, as I mentioned earlier, Maryland basketball in action. They take on Iowa, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Towson's got a national TV game at 5 o'clock against CBS, or on CBS Sports Network against William & Mary. Uh, Mount St. Mary's is on national TV at 5 o'clock as well as they take on Wagner on ESPNU. Uh, the only other Big Ten hoops tonight, Purdue and Michigan at 9 on ESPN. Purdue's very good. Uh, the rest of college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. NBC Sports Washington, Capitals, Canadiens at 7 o'clock. TNT, Nets, Wizards at 7.30. And then the big Bucks suns matchup tonight at 10. NBC Olympics coverage it includes the uh, women's quarter hockey quarterfinals, the uh, USA, and apparently the Czech Republic now goes by Czechia. It's something that oh. nobody told me about. Chechia. I saw that that was who they were playing. Chechia. I'm, I'm not kidding. I was like, what the F is Czechia? Like, how did they get into the Olympics? And then I did some research, found out it's the same thing. No, it's it's just C. It's C. It's spelled the same way: C Z E C H I A, Czechia. And that's apparently what the Czech Republic goes by now. I'm not. It's a. I'm. Mama called him Cassius. I'm gonna call him Cassius. I'm calling him the Czech Republic. That's the way it's gonna go. Uh, that's night at eleven on the USA Network. Um, uh, some curling tonight as well. The USA and Great Britain in men's curling on CNBC at eight. Golf Channel round one of the PGA's Phoenix Open at three o'clock. Tonight, the NFL Honors Show at 9 o'clock on ABC and NFL Network. We'll learn about the Hall of Fame class, MVP, all of those things. Uh, I, I can't fathom watching it, but uh, Twitter will let me know about who wins all of those awards. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3, and Axis TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, the Jeopardy! National uh, College Championship continues on ABC at 8 o'clock. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's on Jimmy Kimmel uh, tonight at 11.35. Jersey Shore Family Vacation on MTV at 8 o'clock. And on Hulu to catch a Smuggler Season 3 premiere. Plus, a new episode is airing now, uh, is streaming now on HBO Max of The Peacemaker. All right. Oh, I do enjoy The Peacemaker. Very good. Thanks today to Steve Lapis. Thanks also to Chigakonkwo. And uh, thanks as well to, what, which one do you think I haven't done? Toyota. I've done it. Um, uh, thanks as well. I did it early. Thanks as well to, uh, to Ken Zalis. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, as we mentioned, uh, Friends alum, Missouri running back Tyler Beatty, one of the top running backs in this year's NFL draft, is going to check in with us. Also, speaking of the draft, we'll do our weekly draft segment. Tony Pauline from Pro Football Network will check in. And, of course, Stuff and Things. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Uh, go Maryland. Go Towson. Go Mount St. Mary's. Go U.S. Women's Hockey. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. <laughs>